Do we do some kind of introduction? Should we? Feels a little phony. <laughs> Normally I would just jump in with, when last we left our intrepid adventurers. <laughs> but we haven't. I know. Well, oh, technically uh, we have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of feel phony to do like an intro. I guess what we could do is we could record it just us playing yeah and if we listen to it and we want to add an intro we can always record an intro or we could do that indie thing where we go should we record an intro <laughs> and we have that recorded too <laughs> Is, are you waiting for me to say yes let's do that no because we've been recording for four minutes <laughs> <laughs> of course of course <laughs> thanks for uh thanks for the heads up yeah yeah Hi, this is Maddie. And this is Cass. And this is our Mage Monomyth. We are here telling the story of Nymira Zlikstrin, mm -hmm. a uh, tiefling wizard mm -hmm. uh, known in my homebrew world as Mage. Uh, we are here telling her story. Her days at the conservatory in Arcane University, uh, learning how to become a mage and venturing out to find her mage monomyth in the world. And we hope you guys like it. The Conservatory. The Mages Guild sponsors a lot of academies uh, across all the major cities of the world of Din, except for the far continent. Most of the uh, academies that the Mage Guild sponsors are universalist academies or generalist academies. Uh, they are just to get a mage basic training, mm -hmm. especially for younger mages that show an aptitude for magic early on. The Mages Guild does sponsor specialized academies, although a lot of them are private universities uh, much the same as you know private universities here where they fund themselves and some receive grants from the Mages Guild. The conservatory however is completely privately funded and has very little oversight by the Mages Guild only in as much as the headmistress of the uh, conservatory itself, uh, Zarta Diabella, uh, headmistress Zarta Diabella. The headmasters and headmistresses of all of the major universities are very high up in the Mages Guild itself. And so the headmistress here is in con contention for a spot on the Council of Mages that oversees the whole guild. Yeah. Um, she funds the whole university herself. Uh, the, the Diabella name is uh, rivaled only by one other magical name, uh, old family name, the Zendel Vexel Braxtons, uh, who have more recently come to uh, use the house name Zlikstrin. And so we begin the, uh, the journey of 
Nymira Zlikstrin, attending her first day, first year of academy at the conservatory. A very well-known uh, arcane university that specializes in conjuration, specifically the conjuration and banishment of fiends. It is widely known that they prefer, I guess that's the word, uh, prefer devils over demons. Uh, so there are uh, constantly stories, rumors, there are constantly rumors uh, that the Academy is responsible for a lot of the fiendish uh, situations. Uh -huh. uh, uh, thus, Nymira has been sent by her family to attend the conservatory in the city of Zalesh on the east coast of the continent of Aval, nestled at the heart of the city of Zalesh on the east coast of Aval, the conservatory, where young mages, sorcerers and wizards of all kinds, come to learn the very practiced art of conjuration. There is a sub-school of conjuration that is not taught here, which is uh, teleportation magic. It's typically conjuration. They don't... Uh, it's not really their not thing. Not their thing. <laughs> yeah, not their thing. Maybe some plane shifting to the fiendish plane mm -hmm. of Hellas, but uh, basically they, they specialize really in bringing fiends here. Of course, with the uh, appropriate uh, trapping magic, magic circles and such, uh, to do it safely, of course. You, yeah. You can't summon a, a fiend if it's not done safely. At least you shouldn't. <laughs> uh, and so uh, that brings us to Nymira arriving at the conservatory for uh, orientation, where she will meet uh, her teachers for her first year. Did a parent or guardian come with me? Um, am I just here? Would you like to have one of your parents drop you off? Um, yeah, I would say, uh, my dad probably would. In which case, uh, you would arrive uh, by carriage mm -hmm. with your father, whose name is Zorus. Uh, Zorus Zlikstrin. Could you physically describe him, please? Uh, you know what? I think I will. I think I will. Uh, Zorus Zlikstrin, a tiefling, much like our beloved Nymira, uh, with red skin tone and deep black ram-style horns, uh, with pitch black eyes, pointed teeth, and a very fitting and very stereotypical devil's pointed tail. He is dressed well in a dark blue, uh, like double-breasted suit that he always wears. Very rarely will he ever leave it open. He always has it closed, buttoned very perfectly. He dresses very perfectly. He is well-groomed and uh, is almost never... There's never anything about him that is out of place, mm -hmm. usually. Unless he is uh, playing with Nymera and Nymira's brother, who is not here, mm -hmm. uh, a 
for the most part, prim and proper and almost never out of place. As the uh, carriage door opens, uh, Nim's dad, Zorus, leans across and says, Are you ready for your first day? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You seem a little nervous. I mean, yeah, this place is so big. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. Your mother and I have very high hopes. Yeah. And your mother, has, she has impressed many times. She has high expectations of you. He reaches across the carriage and places his uh, clawed hand <laughs> on your shoulder. And he says, but I want you to know, Nymira, that there isn't anything you could ever do that would make me disappointed. I will be happy with whatever performance you give. He reaches up and he kind of grabs your horn and kind of tugs it back a little bit. Yeah. My little Miri all grown up. Oh my gosh, you're embarrassing me. Oh. I gotta go. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Do you want me to walk you to the front door? Oh, it's okay. Are you sure? Yeah, and as he says that, I'm gonna go in for a big hug. Oh. Into him. I love you, Miri. Me too, Dad. Now behave, and don't get up to anything that I wouldn't do. He, per your request, stays in the carriage as you exit, and you see, when you step out of the carriage, the front of the conservatory, which has a very uh, gothic, has very gothic architecture. Uh -huh. um, the uh, the castle on the hill with lightning striking behind it and bats fluttering. Mm, right? Hell yeah! Very yeah. very gothic uh, cathedral vibes. Uh, organ music immediately playing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, insert organ music here. <laughs> No, I think what you did with your voice, I think that's fine. We don't, we don't need to insert any music there. Um, when you step out and see the, the, the main building of the conservatory, uh, you do see that there is a woman standing uh, at the top of the steps that mm -hmm. lead up to the large double door that leads into the conservatory. Um, she is... Uh, she has her hands clasped behind her back. Uh, she wears a dark black robe with gold and red trim. And she has a sort of large feathery, uh, what the word is, like neck piece yeah. on the top of her dress. Uh, and it almost looks like she's constantly holding her head up, like her chin's up. Mm -hmm. Hands behind her back, very standing up very straight. Um, with long gloves that go up to her elbows. Mm -hmm. um, uh, just almost looking down condescendingly at everyone around her. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you notice her, uh, before you have a chance to really say anything or do anything, she says, Now, now, Namira, come here. I, uh, I'm out of the carriage. Mm -hmm. Um... I kind of look around um, with my... How old am I? Uh, when you start the conservatory, you are 14. 14, okay. 
Well, I, I stand there with my uh, uh, light pink skin and uh, dark red horns that kind of go straight back. Um, a little shorter than adult Nymeria. Um, probably about six incher horns on her 14 year old self. Um, her uh, light pink kind of gradients into a darker red at her two hands and at her feet extremities as well, but she's wearing a big blue robe. Um, very like scholarly robe and um, very finely crafted um, as uh, was prepared for me by the Slickstern house. And um, I kind of am just in awe looking around and uh, when I uh, am called forth, I kind of straighten up and then walk over. You seem to have a very, uh, say, noble appearance. Yeah, yeah. As if that was perhaps a background that you might have come <laughs> <laughs> um, So you, uh, you approach. Mm-hmm. When you get only a few steps away from the woman, uh, she says, that's far enough. Oh, okay. Stand up straight, hands behind your back. I do so. Hmm. Zlikstrin. Yes. I know your mother. I imagine you're expecting special treatment here, given your the air of nobility that surrounds the name Zlikstrin. Well, I wouldn't really expect anything. No? Nothing? You expect nothing from this place? Oh, okay. I, um... I don't expect special treatment. I'm here just like everybody else. Your parents have made a very generous donation to the conservatory to secure your study here. <clears throat> if there's one thing that I despise, it's tardiness. If there's a second thing I despise, it's children gaining from the namesake of their family. I come from nothing, and I have built all that you see here. And it's children like you who ride the coattails of their wealthy parents gives mages a bad name. She waits, kind of expectedly, like to see what you say. Um, Namira takes a, a bit of a moment to think. Every step to this point was given to me by my parents and my family, but every step forward is going to be mine. Why have you chosen the conservatory? I think conjuring's really cool. Um, and I um, don't know about all the 
fiends and everything, but um, I love magic and I, th I think I, I think I have something. Oh? Well, I mean, I, I think, like it's in me to do this. So, even though I didn't get here on my own, I, I want to prove myself. Hmm. Prove yourself. Is that why you're here? A lot of hard questions for a little 14 year old. Um. Are other students like walking by? There are no other students. <laughs> oh, shit. Am I late late? No. Oh, okay. No, you're not late. <laughs> I'm just really getting uh, handed. Most of the students that attend most of the universities are from not as noble of a family as you are. Um, and there are obviously lots, lots of noble families with children who attend the Arcane Universities and become mages, but it is rare to see such a well, like a, a such a recognized name. Yeah. Zlikstrin is a very, very recognizable name. Yeah. Um, it's rare for a name like that to come to the doorstep of an, uh, a university like this. Um, so this is the first time this Lickstrid name has crossed mm -hmm. the threshold of the conservatory mm -hmm. since your mother, who is alumni, your mother did attend the conservatory. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. And what does this woman before me look like? Uh, the woman standing before you, uh, is just under six feet tall. She's like 5'10", 5'11". Uh, she has a rather imperious uh, presence, her long black robe. She has, uh, I guess, we'll say, like that peachy pale skin tone um, with a long black hair. Mm -hmm. uh, everything is very, uh, everything is smooth, very straight, yeah. perfect straight long black hair. Um, and she has these dark purple eyes, very like deep purple, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, very well spoken and very uh, her strong presence, very imperious uh, presence and tone, and very judgmental, and very judgmental. Yes, as you as you have seen, <laughs> I'm as I'm seeing right you, now. Yes, as you are experiencing right now. Uh, and yeah, she is asking questions of you, uh, such a young, uh, potential mage, uh, questions that most of the other students probably didn't have to answer. Right. So most of the students that are attending the school are, uh... Went through proper screening. <laughs> yeah. Did the exams. <laughs> didn't necessarily buy their way in. I mean, but up until this moment, it's probably worth mentioning, uh, you... I don't know that your character would be aware that your parents mm. donated money to the school in, in, in along with your application. Yeah, that might that might be news to you. But yeah. you know, Nim is a seems rather curious and maybe suspected it. That's kind of up to you. Mm -hmm. uh, 
But as she's here, as you're standing before her, and she's asking you these questions, she kind of stops and deeply sighs and sort of looks off to her left and then for just a brief moment it kind of turns back to you. Almost like her attention was elsewhere for a moment. And uh, not long after that, the door, one of the two doors opens, gets kind of pulled open. And stepping out uh, onto the steps next to uh, next to the woman that mm-hmm. you're speaking to, which is very to you now, very obviously the the headmistress Zarda uh, is another tief- or, uh, is a tiefling, another tiefling. You're the other one. Uh, I probably worth noting that Zarda is human, mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. looks human. Um, a sort of blue-skinned tiefling with horns that emanate from uh, their brow, his brow, and wrap around sort of like the hairline above his ears and back. Yeah. Um, uh, wearing uh, a, a breastplate with a sort of leather bandolier with several daggers. Uh, the... Majority of the uh, rest of his armor uh, on his like gauntlets and his uh, greaves is uh, like a scale mail. Um, very obvious to most people looking at uh, him that he is not a mage, at least not like a traditional mage that you might think. Well, that's a mage. Uh, and on his waist uh, is a uh, a strange curved sword. Uh, that uh, appears to have a sort of, uh, from the hilt, a straight piece and then sort of like a half moon. Mm. Uh, It's a kopesh. Mm -hmm. Um, Very uh, strange, a very alien weapon to the region that you're in. It's it's not a common weapon in this region. Uh, With a very thick tail, no, uh, no like fork tail or anything, but a very thick tail it has like iron and leather bands uh, as maybe sort of an attempt to armor the tail. This dude fucks. <laughs> Got it. Yes. In fact, this dude fucks. <laughs> uh, and as he steps out, uh, Zarda, Headmistress Zarda, says, uh, Diz, this is our newest uh, student. Miss Zlickstrin. I do a little robe tug curtsy. Uh, You would do well to keep an eye on her. I anticipate many shenanigans with a Zlickstrin on campus. And there seems to be a sort of air of... Well, why don't you roll... An insight check. <laughs> and we'll see what, what you might glean. Should should I discount any proficiencies? Uh, no, I'll give you the proficiency. I don't have it in oh. insight. <laughs> but I thought I'd yes, ask. Yes, you should discount any proficiencies you have in insight. <laughs> ah, first roll up the day. It's a natural one. Yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, it, a very curious tone that she takes yeah. regarding a Zlickstrin on campus mm-hmm. and 
uh, heretofore shenanigans that might occur. But uh, not she something... wants me to have fun here. Yeah, that's what I... my natural one said. <laughs> I bet. Um, uh, Diz is the sergeant at arms of the conservatory. Mm -hmm. um, Sarge. Uh, of course, Nymira doesn't know, but uh, uh, we'll come to find out that uh, Diz has been the sergeant at arms for several decades. Mm. Uh, and although Diz's appearance doesn't convey this, he is rather old. Mm -hmm. uh, he has been serving here for about 50 years. Mm. Um, uh, Diz is a trans-mask tiefling uh, that has piercing yellow eyes uh, and uh, doesn't speak much. Lots of hmm. Uh, but uh, the Sergeant-at-Arms, uh, and, and probably a concept that Nymira might be vaguely familiar with, is that a lot of places like well, our universities, the mage colleges and the barter colleges, do have some type of like sergeant at arms or quartermaster, someone who's there to not only take care of the students but handle like a quartermaster would uh, like weaponry and, and uh, if you were to have to requisition material for uh, for uh, your classes, mm -hmm. that that is who you would who you would go see. Uh, <clears throat> uh, headmistress says. Run along now, Amira. You'll find everyone in the Great Hall waiting for you. I give a respectful nod. And then I start walking with a mix of, like, shitting herself fear. And also, like, this is my first time being out of the house and out with other people. And maybe ever. This is crazy. And I'm, like, kind of... Without your parents. Yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of half bubbly, half... Uh, cautious and scared. <clears throat> when you enter, you see a sort of large hallway that uh, is adorned with uh, portraits of what very clearly labeled other headmasters and mistresses. Mm -hmm. um, the school itself uh, was, has been around for a very long time. Uh, over two centuries, uh, but was never at the level that it is now. It was always a very small school. It only ever had maybe a dozen students at a time. Its current form is thanks to the headmistress, the current headmistress, Zarda, who used her family's wealth to build up the school and make it bigger and better than it was. Um, at, at one time, the school only ever has... 66 students in each year mm -hmm. of their uh, program uh, and the school itself has a program length of six years six months and six days mm -hmm. um, and so the last uh, if you're a six year uh, you are in year six and then if you are a halfer you're in the last half uh, of that, like six months, six days. Mm -hmm. Typically, the six months, six days all revolves around doing your final exam, which we'll obviously get too much later. Yeah. Uh, uh, if Nymira survives her experience, uh, but uh, you are 
would have been asked to be familiar to familiarize yourself with a lot of this info about how the school structure is yeah. before you attend. Um, so info dump. There you go. Mm -hmm. Downloaded. Uploaded. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. I just want to say that there's this strong compulsion to then, like, you make some hand gesture and then me be like, oh, if you don't, for the folks at home that can't see this, she just took all that information out of her brain threw it away. Uh, <laughs> been post. Uh, well, see, now I have to include that. This is way too meta. We're going to keep going. <laughs> uh, all right. The hallway itself, like I said, is it has portraits of other head, headmasters and mistresses. Um, and uh, is decorated in that same sort of gothic feel. Like, you've stepped into a massive cathedral, mm -hmm. uh, and there is distant organ music, play organ music playing. Mm -hmm. Sound effects provided by... Do, 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 do. <laughs> Wonderful. Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh, it, it's... Not a grand hallway, but it is uh, rather long, a couple, a couple hundred feet in length with statues and suits of armor and, and weapons hanging in between the portraits. Um, very much what you would imagine uh, being inside a sort of large gothic castle or cathedral would be like. Castlevania uh, style. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, also, very, <laughs> I don't know why this comes to mind, but like Beauty and the Beast. Okay. She's inside and it's just like all looming and creepy and yeah, yeah 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 very 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 much that feel um you know no no copyright infringement i hope but also very you know like a certain wizard school that we are all <laughs> <familiar with. laughs> very very thematically accurate to the genre of mage universities uh and of course at the end as long is... as they don't get sorted God, that would be the worst. <laughs> Especially if they had some silly way of doing it. Like, yeah, like an article a, of clothing. Yeah, like a silly party hat or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> so at the end of the hallway, there is another double door, but it's already open. You kind of pushed open. Um, and you can see that there is a... Albus double door? Sorry, that's it. <laughs> the door, sorry, pushed open. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> God damn it. The doors stand open. <laughs> and on the other side uh, is a uh, like meeting hall mm -hmm. um, with uh, individual chairs sort of arranged almost like you're uh, there to attend a, uh, a theatrical performance, right? All the chairs lined up facing uh, the front. And the front has a single podium and there are several dozen professors that are there, all teaching, I mean, they all teach a wide variety of things. Um, and uh, as you enter, there is very clearly one singular chair that is open, mm -hmm. um, which strikes you as strange because you know it was grilled into you in, in the, I guess, pre-training, right, the, the reading that you had to do, yeah. that there are only ever 66 students at once in mm -hmm. year one, uh, but based on a very simple count, there are 67 chairs. Uh, oh man, they're going to kill one of us. 
That's how the year starts. They actually have a hundred students enrolled every year. <laughs> but only about 66 make it. Yeah, yeah. 66.6666. Yeah, they gotta like thin it out yeah. over over the course of... Yeah. Uh, it, it'd be strange if they did something like that and they called it some type of game. Like, I don't know, something that... Like a... <sighs> like a hungry game? Or, <laughs> oh, like a starving game or something like that? Um, or like, or if it was like something you could eat, maybe it'd be like a, a fish or like a squid, like a squid kind of... Ah, uh, octopus game. Octopus game. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Octopus. Um, uh, there is clearly one extra seat and it's empty and it's the only empty seat. It's the only empty seat? Okay. Yes. I will sit there. And uh, I, I imagine, this is my game world, I imagine that the seats are arranged... <laughs> I imagine, and I'm the dungeon master, so I'm telling you how it is. <laughs> that the seats are arranged so that you, the, your seat is like in the aisle. Like there's an aisle oh, between no. the two yeah. sections on each side. Like there's 33 seats here and 33 seats here. And, and there's one like awkwardly in the aisle. Oh, okay. Is Diz right behind me? Uh, Diz does come in a little bit, but maybe 20 or 30 feet. Like you walk in. He keeps his distance. One-on-one D&D. Yeah. I... Which is what this is, by the way. There are no other people. I mean, my cat, but my cat's not playing. Um, I get to fit in way more shitty jokes that I think of and don't say... (laughs) Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so Diz and the headmistress actually follow you in. It does, uh, as you're, to backtrack slightly, as you're coming down the hallway, you do notice they linger outside for just a moment, more than likely to have a little private chat before they follow you in. Mm-hmm. And so by the time they follow you in, you're about 20 or 30 feet into the hallway. And they do follow you the rest of the way. So when you do get the end and you do take your seat, uh, they both enter the room and Diz closes the doors and then stands at attention with his arms, like with his hands like clasped in front of him, like almost like back against the door. Mm -hmm. And the headmistress walks up the aisle and as she passes you, she looks down at you with the most like condescending like... And, like, shakes her head slightly as she passes the aisle, passes you in the aisle. It stings a little. And uh, she gets to the podium. And she uh, clears her throat. And just her simply clearing her throat calls the room to attention. All the professors are now, like, they were, they were sort of standing still with their hands clasped. But once she clears her throat, they, like, spring to attention fully. Yeah. Uh, and you can kind of like you hear the room just just from chitter chitter chatter chit chat uh, to like nothing, mm-hmm. right? Like pin drop quiet. Uh, As I scoot in my chair, <laughs> <laughs> seems very fitting. Yeah. Uh, she takes a moment to let everyone get quiet again, and she places her hands on the podium and like grips the sides. And she says, welcome, students, to the conservatory. As you already know, I am headmistress Zarta Diabella. 
Next to me and behind me stand several of your professors. Your classes have already been assigned. You will not have every professor up here. You will be broken up into student groups of six students each. And then she kind of looks right at you and she says, and one with seven this year. And a bunch of the students like look over at you kind of like, oh. I, I bury my head, like my coat, I kind of pull it from the back of the collar and I kind of just bury my head like, oh God. <laughs> Uh, once you are broken up into your groups, you will meet in your homerooms, where your dormitories are, and you will be given your class assignments. You will have the day to, of your own accord, find your professors and speak to them before your classes begin in the morning. Now, I don't normally entertain such things, but are there any questions? She kind of scans the room and no one has dared to, to raise their hand. I definitely don't. She looks right at you. She says, now would be the time. Looks away. All right then. We will uh, begin, uh, well, we'll, well, I will dismiss you and you will uh, find your dormitories. They are numbered. There are 11 of them. Given that one of your groups has seven and she deliberately like doesn't look at you, alternate sleeping arrangements must be made for one of the students in group 11. That will be something we will discuss later this evening. She kind of glances back over at you. Can I tell if, um, like the table I'm sitting at, or kind of at? There are no tables. Oh, it's, my it's bad. All, it's chairs arranged in like an audience, like theatrical, like... Can I tell that they're like grouped by number or... Um... It doesn't appear so. It okay. appears like, like think traditional like theater. Yeah. Where it's just, and, and they don't seem to be numbered. There, at least there are no visible numbers. Yeah. Um, doesn't seem like there, there, there is any sort of distinction like that. Okay. Did you have any questions? Out of character, did you have any questions? No, I was wondering if there was any significance of um, being able to tell what the coupling is just based off seating arrangement, but it seems like, no. Uh, not currently. Okay. It looks it looks almost as if everyone sort of filed in and sat where they wanted. I didn't know I was the extra student. Oh no. <laughs> The headmistress dismisses all of you, and uh, as you are leaving through one of those several side doors in this room um, that kind of all converge in this large center, like, uh, great hall, Yeah. Um, you, you see most of the students that are on the left head left, and most of the students on the right head right, 
And as the group you're in on the left side heads toward that area, uh, a uh, young Eladrin, uh, for those listening, elf but with shorter ears, I guess is a good way to put it, uh, a young Eladrin approaches you. She has uh, just above shoulder length kind of auburn hair, uh, with a uh, blue kind of noble's robe with sort of dark red accents, gold and dark red accents. Um, she approaches you and you can see that uh, very, two very distinct things about her. Um, she does have very piercing kind of uh, aqua colored eyes, so like uh, uh, turquoise colored eyes. And she does have a series of what look like tattoos at first. Uh, that come up around her neck and like the side of her face. Mm-hmm. Um, it it looks like it could be tattoos. Also looks like it might be like veins that are like uh, not protruding, but that you can see through what color the skin. Are they? They're the same color as her eyes. They're kind of like a bluish oh, aqua wow. color. Um, Is she around my age? She does appear to be around your age. I mean, generally all the students in the area look like they're between 13 and 15. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the group is kind of moving, in the commotion of everyone getting up and moving, she kind of very, like with deliberate movement, like approaches you specifically, like uh-huh. just comes up to you. And she's like, hi. Um, hi, I uh, go for a handshake. Uh, she has like a, a tome that she's holding and she kind of like pulls it closer to her chest like I'm I'm Alany. Hi, I'm Nymira. You look funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I look a little funny. I like your horns. Thank you. I like your um ears. Thanks. Um Do you want to do you want to be friends? I'm not really from around here and I, I don't know anyone. Yeah, yeah, please. Sure. Okay. She just turns and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I guess that's how you make friends here. Okay. You see but her. Bye. <laughs> You see her, she doesn't acknowledge your bye. You see her like join the rest of the students. You see her join the rest of the group over there and uh, you can hear uh, a couple of the professors have gone to the different doors that are like uh, calling names uh-huh. and then being like, oh, you know, dorm one, dorm two, dorm three. Uh, and you hear one of the professors there, or at least you assume they're a professor. You haven't officially met them, but uh, you hear Alane Faylost. And she goes, she looks directly at you and goes, that's me. Yeah. And then she like turns, as you're like about to respond, like, yeah. She just turns away from you and just rushes forward like, oh, that's, that's me. And the, the professor looks down and says, dorm 11. She's like, okay. And she looks back at you. I'm at, I'm at, even though you can hear everything that's happening, she looks back at you and goes, I'm at dorm 11. I give her a thumbs up and a big smile of like, yeah. 
Cool. Uh, they go through the list, and uh, they get to Nymira's Lickstrin, mm-hmm. and <laughs> they look here, and they look at the the registry they're holding. Since I keep doing this, and no one can see it, uh, they look at the registry they're holding. They look at you. They look up past you, back towards the the center of the room. Where, yeah. And uh, you hear um, the headmistress go. Dorm 11. Of course, Alane has already moved through the door and is, is she's not uh, around rushing, anymore. so she, she's not present to hear okay. that you are also but, in Dorm 11. But I'm excited. My friend's in there. Um, I kind of meekishly go... I point like at the door, like, go through. Mm-hmm. They just sort of nod and like give you the, yeah, get out of here. Thank you. Uh, after you, they go, Brayton Biltrum, dorm 11. As you're like moving through and you just pass the door and you hear dorm 11, what do you do? What was that? You hear them call a name and tell this person they're in dorm 11. I, you're just on the other side of the door. I'll look back and peek through the door. Uh, you see a rather tall, awkwardly tall, uh, for someone who's only probably about 14, uh, he's like 6'2 or 6'3. He's just, he's like lank, thin, lanky tall. Um, you hear, oh, um, yeah, that, uh, Brayton, that, uh, that, that, that's me. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. And, uh, you see him kind of like pushing forward and you hear, uh, uh the force of like someone tripping him. And you hear, oh, and he falls kind of forward and no, like everyone just backs away to let him fall. Can I run? Uh, you can. Um, cause so I was kind of looking through the door, right? Yeah. Um, I want to open it and just go, go like help him up. Well, the doors are definitely, the, the door, the door is open. So you don't oh, have okay. to open it. Okay. You're like looking through the open doorway. Yeah. And you see him kind of like, oh, and fall forward. Yeah. I'll, I'll run up. <clears throat> you can see that his satchel has spilled open and oh, all his shoot. books and papers are like... I'll, I help him know. up first and I go, are you okay? Oh, um, I, yes, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And he's like kind of brushing himself off and he's like, hasn't looked at you yet. He's like, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm terribly sorry to be such an inconvenience. Um, uh, yeah. And he's like nervously gathering up everything. I help him gather like the looser ones that are further away that whooshed away. He, um, like, stop. He, he's, he's gathering up everything, and as you gather some up, he, like, looks up at you, and he stops, and he's like, Oh. Hi. Hi. What was the name? What was your name? Brayton. Hi, I'm Nymira. I think we're in the same room. Yes. D- dorm 11. Yes. 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 Okay, I'll see you there. And he grabs everything, shoves it into his bag, and just rushes, like holding his bag like this, up against his chest. Not even putting the satchel on, just like rushing away. Should I just stay by the door, see everybody that comes through? <laughs> God. Dorm- I mean, you, you, you definitely could if that's what Nymira wants to do, but uh, you're going to see him eventually, so... <laughs> Um, 
God, this is the last pick for dodgeball, huh? <laughs> That's this whole fucking dorm. Uh, well, um, what's, what is it? The, uh, what's that football movie? I think it's Keanu Reeves. Uh, damn, I don't remember. Uh, it's like a, it's a, it's a team put together of all the like second, third, fourth pick. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very. Benchwarmer? Maybe. Uh, that's not a Keanu Reeves movie though. I'm trying to think of what the other one is. Doesn't matter. Silly making football references in a D&D game. Anyway. Um, <laughs> after he rushes on past me, I kind of just awkwardly go through again um were there any papers or anything left behind uh make a uh, perception check we're getting better perception you say is a 11. uh you see someone reach down like Someone's stepping on a piece of paper, yeah, and they are like look like they're trying to hide it with their foot, and then when they they kind of look around and they don't they think they don't see anyone looking at them, yeah. they reach down and pick up the paper and then like snicker and then like kind of like fold it up, tuck it away. I sigh deeply that I gotta go fucking bug this person after I've always already made such a ruckus. Um, I kind of like awkwardly step more towards the group mm -hmm. of students uncalled yet. And, um, I give it a moment and then I tap on this person's shoulder. You seem to surprise this person for, uh, as they turn to you, the tips sort of of their hair uh, almost look like they ignite, uh, like fiery ignite just for a brief moment, like, and he's like, they're like, oh, hello, can I help you with something? I think he's going to want that back. He looks kind of confused. I kind of point at his pocket and give him like a grimace. I don't know what you're talking about. I give him a stern look. Make a persuasion check. Or intimidation. If you're if you're doing a stern look, that might be <laughs> intimidation. Um What what was the uh final answer on skill proficiencies? You may use them. Okay. Um I'll just use persuasion. I'm too much of a cutie for Intimidation in this. Another nine. Um, Fourteen. Uh, you give your kind of stern but cute look. And uh, they hang their head. And they reach into their pocket and they pull out the paper. And they hand it over to you. I say thank you. Like, uh, probably something I, a good dungeon master would have done already. Um... They appear to be uh, probably 5'8 or 5'9. Uh, has a very, uh, like, hair parted on the left side. Very, like, uh, Emo. prim and proper kind oh, of oh. Uh, uh, comb. Yeah. Like, uh, parted and comb. Very 
perfectly. Although when the when you startled them, the tips of uh, their hair kind of ignited briefly. There's like a puff of like fire and then smoke. Very cool. Um, they have sort of orangish colored eyes and uh, we won't call them HP glasses, but they have these very wire fra- round wireframe glasses, uh-huh. you know. Um, uh, and they're dressed uh, sort of plainly with plain black slacks and a nice sort of button-up blue shirt that has almost sort of like the, the puffy shirt look towards the in the center. Yeah. Um, and they have a corset on. Mm. Um, with a uh, simple backpack. Uh, and it does a bit... One of the very few people that has a staff with them, most everyone has a book bag. Yeah. But not a lot of people have other objects other than book bags, but, mm-hmm. but they do. Um... And now kind of the hair is kind of a little messy in the front now because of the, the fire, fiery. And as they hand you the, um, the paper, they uh, just sort of look up at you and push their glasses up on their face. And they say, uh, it's, just a, it's just a fan of the, of the, uh, the cursive. Maybe you could ask him if uh, he could give you some tips. I have fine cursive my, myself. I just, I love seeing good cursive, good writing other people. I, I admire. My name's Nymira. Uh, Sid. Hi, Sid. Sid. Is this what... Sid Cinderstone, to be specific. Is this, happened to be when serendipitously... The... the guy at the front says, Sid Silverstone, yeah, yeah, yeah. dorm 11. <laughs> Why, yes. Why, yes, Maddie. It does <laughs> serendipitously happen. And uh, they say, uh, oh, um, seems as though we will be dorming together. Let's go. Uh, they offer their arm, like, I hook. courteously. Uh, and... I... Okay, yeah, I hook, yeah, yeah. I was wondering if I wouldn't know what to do with that and just, like, awkwardly put a hand on it, but I'm pretty... I do come from... What's your background? Nobility. Yes, 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 I'm a noble, yes, I'm from a noble house. Those lickstrings. Um, yeah, and so, arm in arm, you guys uh, head through and, and back. You know, the Zlickstrins won the uh, Nobel Peace Prize. Did they really? <laughs> <laughs> no, they probably wouldn't. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> all right. You uh, you head back, and uh, it it is far, considering how large the building is. It's like the other end of the building. Uh-huh. Um, but, I mean, it's not like you're hiking miles and miles to your door. Yeah. Uh, and when you arrive... You see that Alanae is there, and not far ahead of you, you see sort of Brayton uh, enter the the room, and you hear, "Hi, I, I'm I'm Alanae," and you hear, "Oh, um, well, I, I'm 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 Brayton," and then you hear, "Friends, 
we're, we're, we're going to be friends. <laughs> and Brain just go, okay. <laughs> uh, and when you enter with Sid, uh, Alane sort of like gets like peppy, just, just up, just like eyes wide, like, oh, Nymira! Hi. I brought another one in. Are you in dorm 11 also? I am. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we're friends and roommates. I think we're really lucky. Man, how could that possibly go wrong? Um, to Brayton, I give the note back to. Um, this was on the ground. Oh, oh, um, yes, thank you. Um, yes. He takes it back from you and kind of sees that it's like folded up and he's like, unfolds it. Sid found it. I point at Sid. Uh, Sid, very like cartoonishly, like anime, gets the like red squiggly lines. <laughs> uh, there gets red squiggles on their cheeks. Yeah. Uh, and Sid's like, mm, yeah. I found it. They said you have very nice handwriting. They darken, <laughs> and then the like cartoonish anime sweat <laughs> sweat drop, like large sweat drop on the forehead, like. And he, uh, they fourteen year old Sid, panic. <laughs> yeah, Sid looks at you and is like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and um, Brayton goes. Oh, th thank you. I always kind of thought my handwriting was chicken scratch. And uh, he, Brayton, walks over to Sid and is like, uh, it really means a lot. Put, he puts his like hand on Sid's shoulder and is like, it really means a lot that you, that you found this and that you, you gave it back. And uh, you can see Sid just like melting. That's cute. I look back. Is there anybody else in here yet? Nobody yet. Just the four of you. Mm. So, are there seven of us? Are we? I look around. Six beds. There are six beds. Yes. Alan, I says. That's what they said, right? Dorm eleven, seven people. Yeah. I wonder which of us are going to share a bed. And she looks directly at Brayton and Sid. Like, wonder which of us are going to share a bed. Very <laughs> obvious. Like, leans in like this. Just completely oblivious. Just like... Um, Sarda said something about sleeping arrangements. So maybe, maybe there's another bed somewhere. Yeah. Um, sleeping arrangements. Like, two of us sharing a bed. That seems a little unacademic, but maybe, like 14 year old, whatever, it's fine. Sid cuts in and is like, um, the, 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 the beds just don't look like they're big enough for two people. Um, also, we, we sort of just met, and also, um, we haven't even gone on a date yet. <laughs> and Brayton, Brayton goes, what? Like, very casual, like, like nodding along with everything that Sid said. <laughs> And then like, haven't even gone on a date yet, just like a, huh? What? Yes. Uh, and just as that sort of awkward tension is building, um, you hear sort of a slight knock. 
uh, on the door. And standing in the doorway is uh, a very short, like five foot two, five foot three, uh, elf with like long, pointy elf ears. Mm-hmm. The very like traditional elven ears versus World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, the the blood elf, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a a young elf, uh, although young is subjective to an elf, uh, is standing there, and uh, you can tell it. She has a very traditional like wizard's hat, uh-huh. right, with a big, uh, or maybe witch's hat, um, sort of like big brim, wide brim with a long point, um, big buckle right on the front. Um, uh, for you, a picture, um, a. a even larger wire rim glasses mm-hmm. um, that she seems to adjust constantly, uh, even though there doesn't appear to be much of a need to just, just adjust, adjust, yeah. adjust. Like a um, social awkward, yeah, um, fidgety thing. F- uh, fingerless gloves. Cool. Sure. Cool is, a g- <laughs> <laughs> cool is a word that would describe that, right? Um, uh, uh, very. Uh, mage chic uh, outfit like big long flowing like cloak yeah. on top of a robe yeah so it's like long flowing robe long flowing cloak um very aesthetic is this is what mages are supposed to look like uh-huh. Uh-huh. right yeah i am dressed up as a mage for halloween type right yeah, like, yeah. very 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 uh mage chic uh, Side note. Yes. Um, when I was 14, I had fingerless gloves that had um, Jack Skellington on them. <laughs> but I got it. Guess where? Hot, Hot topic. topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second place prize to anybody who said Spencer's gifts because they also had a lot of like Hot Topic s things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a consolation prize because yeah. Spencer's is also. Acceptable answer, but definitely hot topic. Definitely hot topic. So this elf is standing in the uh, the doorway. Um, she is like all of you in your own ways, very nervous. Um, you can tell that she has uh, like white hair underneath. Uh-huh. Um, uh, obviously, in an elf, not indicative of age, but just like white mm-hmm. hair. Um, and it is, uh, braided. Uh, she, uh, is standing there. She has her book in hand. Um, and, uh, she says, is this, uh, is this Dorm 11? I look to see if anybody else is like, fuck yeah. (laughs) No one says anything because the door that's open says Dorm 11 right on it. She's standing right next to it. I look at that and just savor it for a moment and go, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, may I come in? Please. My name is Aerith. Um, Aerith Windblossom. And you are? My name is Nymira. Nymira. What a quaint name. Thank you. Um, and this is everyone... I imagine that Sid is still, like, beet red. Yeah. Um, they're probably, like, awkwardly paused a little bit, too, yeah. in, in and, stature. Well, and Brighton's hand is still on Sid's shoulder. Uh-huh. Because they're just, like, standing there. 
And then Alan is like, just very like head tilt, like like when dogs get inquisitive and yeah. tilt their head. Yeah. Alan keeps kind of, and it's just kind of taking direction from you. Like Alan is waiting to see what you do. Um, and this is, guys, waiting for them to introduce themselves. <laughs> Uh, Brayton like looks over at you and then removes his hand and turns physically away from Sid. Yeah. And Sid looks over at you like, <laughs> like, like that like fake angry behind his back like. Yeah. Why did you make him move his hand? <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, Brayton like walks over and sticks his hand out to shake hands with uh, Aerith. What is Brayton's race again? Uh, Brayton is a human. Mm, okay. Yes, uh, Alan is a Ladrin, Brayden is human, Aerith is a High Elf, uh, and Sid is a uh, Fire Ganassi. Right. Very, very obviously a Fire Ganassi. Right. With the, with the flame. Uh, uh, Aerith uh, shakes hands with uh, Brayden, and uh, uh, Alan introduces herself, and Brayden introduces Sid for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is like, uh, oh, um, Aerith, this is Sid. I mean, we all met, just met, obviously, but um, this is Sid. And very specifically, when Brayden is introducing Sid, he kind of talks, he, I'm trying to find a way to phrase it. Uh, Brayden uses they, them pronouns for Sid, uh-huh. And Sid's like just beaming, just yeah. super excited. Um uh and uh Brayton uh kind of turns back to Sid and is like, Did you want some help with your books? Cause that, you know, a lot of them are still awkwardly like holding their books. Uh and Brayton's like, if you choose a bed, I can help you, you know, get your books loaded in. There's um uh, again, another thing a DM would have done when you entered the room, uh, it is, uh, hexagonal shape, uh, no, octagonal shape. There are eight walls, one of which is the wall that has the door, and the one directly across from that has a large, um, desk mm-hmm. that's facing that wall, and in the center of the room there's a large table with six chairs, uh, like you could sit at the table and eat or study, uh-huh. and then the beds are along each of the other six walls. Uh-huh. Each bed has a footlocker uh-huh. that has a padlock with a set with a key next to it, so that you could, you know, put your stuff in and lock it up. And there doesn't appear to be a wardrobe or anything to hang clothes, but the chests are large enough, like almost the length of the whole bed. Yeah. That you could fold up everything you needed. It's it's a large storage. And actually, when you watch uh, Brayton and Sid open one of them to start loading uh, uh, Sid's things, you watch as like the the lid opens and then two small like trays like extend outward. Hell yeah! Like and it it almost like it's not quite uh, extra dimensional space big on the inside, but all these sort of trays fold out. Mm-hmm. large trays that like you could fold and put various things in it's very economical space wise um, if there were six of us uh yes <laughs> yes of course um, um did Aerith present themselves as uh she her yes thank you and alan as well right uh 
<sighs> there are currently five of you in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Aerith enters, officially, she closes the door behind her. And the door gets closed. There's, like, minor chit-chat. Yeah. And then there's a knock on the door. And Brayton excuses himself from talking to Sid to go open the door. And it, like, cinematically, like, he opens the door looking straight ahead of him because he's, like, six foot something. Uh, And he's like, there's no one here. And then a very soft voice or a, a, a... low voice from down below. It's like, um, hello. (laughs) He like looks down and there is a small, like two and a half two maybe a two foot eight, two foot nine, uh, halfling who, uh, you have seen the picture, but I will show you a a cutie, cutie patootie. Cutie patootie. She, uh, has what, what looks like almost like a uniform. Yeah. Um, and perched, on her shoulder is a uh, albino ferret. That's what it is. Let's make it sure. It looks like a ferret. Yes, albino ferret. And uh, the albino ferret is kind of like wrapped around her neck, but butt on her right shoulder, kind of head coming up over her left shoulder. And uh, when she's like, hello, down here, and he like looks down, Brayton looks down and sees her, uh, the ferret is like chittering. Yeah. And she goes, I know the bigger they are, the dumber they are. And she just looks back up at him and he's like almost kind of confused. <laughs> and he was like, she goes, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. <laughs> and she walks right between his legs, she ducks down a little bit right between his legs into the room and like tosses her book bag onto one of the beds to the right. She's like, that was mine. And she kind of puts her hands, like, makes fists and puts them on her waist, like, yeah, dorm 11, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think this is going to be all right. What do you think, Percy? And the ferret just, like, chittering, kind of happy chitters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And he, like, leaps, kind of crawls down her and leaps onto the ground and crawls over to the bed and immediately curls up, like, on the pillow and Mm -hmm. just, like, and she goes, ah, oh, Percy, we had such a long day. You take a nap. So, who's the rest of you guys? <laughs> you guys? You guys. Um, I think everyone has kind of like paused a moment. <laughs> yes. Like, who is this character? Um, I'm Nymira. Hi. Yeah, you one of those, uh, one of those, uh, Horny ones, huh? Uh, <coughs> As you do that, Sid's like, <gasps> <laughs> like the real horny ones, like in the corner, just like, <gasps> I'm a tiefling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you call them. Um, this is uh, and this time I'll introduce everyone. Um. I see all their names. Right before you do, she actually cuts in and says, Who's the big dumb one? Um, the big one is Brayton. Kind of not a lot, not a lot going on up here, huh? He's actually very smart. 
I mean, everyone here is very smart, so. Yeah, yeah. Very smart, yeah. I wink back. I'm going to play into this just a little bit. And then she waits for you to introduce everyone, which you do. Yeah. Um, everyone listening already knows all the... Yeah. You don't have to I, I'm not showing off, but I'm kind of like proudly like, I know all these people already, and I, I name them all. Uh, she, uh, she goes, that's Percy over there. But he's sleeping. Don't bother him. He's very cute. Yeah, don't let him hear you say that. Gets a big head. Yeah, well, also, he's very, uh, uh, what's the word? Machismo. You know, he's got a, you know, if you say anything, tell him he's, he's real, looks real strong and handsome, you know? Okay. Yeah. Where does he like scratches? I don't think we know each other well enough for that yet. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm sorry. Um. Yeah, we'll get there, we'll get there. So there's six of us now, right? Yeah. She puts her hands up, kind of like behind her head, and she's just walking the room in a circle like, all right, all right. I like it here. I, like I believe here. that this person has no family and is just like a random, has lived ten lifetimes <laughs> in her young age. This is, this is insane. Uh... Like, ah. if Kevin from Home Alone never <laughs> saw his parents again. <laughs> That's what this person is. And then decided to be a mage. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I like it here. Much better than that, you know, swampy McSwampland. Do I know where that is? Make a history check. In history, do, do, do. <laughs> Oh my god! Jesus, is that another one? Yes! <laughs> the fuck? Uh, one, nine, nine, one. What's your total though? Because you can't crit fail skill checks. History is seven total. So, <clears throat> you. Seven, I think, is a good. Swampy McSwampland is the name that the halflings gave their sort of like swamp homeland. Yes. And you know that it is to the south of where you are right now. You mm -hmm. don't know necessarily specifically where it was. And I bet if you were presented with a map that wasn't labeled, you probably couldn't point it out. But you do know that it's very far south from where you are. Um, the continent itself, just as a brief, sort of almost like, uh, think of it like a, an oval, right? Where it's wider in the middle and thinner at the top. Bottom, that's what an oval is. I don't know why I had to explain that. Um, and you know that you're on like the widest part where Zalesh is on the east coast. And that it's somewhere down in the very tip of the oval of the continent. Mm -hmm. um, but you do know something very important, which is like a common, it's a very common fact about Swampy McSwampland. Which is that the reason why it's called Swampy McSwampland has nothing to do with like, oh, we chose an ancestral name, right? There's no, no real reason behind it. But when they hold council with the different governments, mm -hmm. one of the closest places to Swamp and McSwampland is a place called South Haven. And it's, it is uh, controlled by Dragonborn. Like they're, the whole government is Dragonborn. And uh, totally not stealing this from another very famous dungeon master on YouTube, 
the dragonborn speak like this. And the halflings decided that it would be really funny if they named their, you know, their home something ridiculous just to get the dragonborn to say it out loud. So whenever they have the, these uh, meetings of several city-states that are down there, mm -hmm. uh, you hear this like, uh, will the delegates from Swampy McSwampland? <laughs> and you just hear the the giggling, the giggle fit that hits all the halfling, uh -huh. uh, halflings that are there. Bullshit. Um, and yes, I did alter that DC to be lower so that I could say it. <laughs> Mostly for you, but also for anyone who's listening, because it's really funny. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but yeah, so she's kind of walking in circles and being like, yeah, much nicer than Swampy McSwampland. She's like ruffling her feathers. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah, shoulders up, shoulders up. <laughs> Vastly changed this dynamic right away. <laughs> um... I don't really have any, like, uh, questions to ask anyone of, like, so what are you doing here? Because everybody's here for the same thing. Yeah. And because you don't have any questions, surreptitiously, the door gets knocked on. Uh, one last time. And, uh... What kind of rapping do we hear? Uh, very, like, very rapid, uh, tapping. Okay. Rap, rap, rapping, tapping at my chamber door. Uh, uh, Brayden says, I'm not answering it this time. <laughs> and you see sort of Sid and Brayden are kind of talking amongst themselves. And it, you hear what they're saying. They're not hiding anything, but it's very like, you think maybe Brayden is oblivious to what's going on with Sid because Brayden's just like, talking at Sid and telling Sid about himself and Sid's just like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the latest, uh, oh, she does introduce herself. Her name is Lena Brandy Took. That was a thing that I forgot. I'm a great dungeon master. Um, she, uh, she introduces herself, Lena Brandy Took, and her albino ferret, Percy. When the door knocks mm -hmm. after she introduces herself, I'm going to go, uh, Lena, you should meet, uh, Alanae. And then I, like, kind of, I don't put my hands on her, but I kind of, like, point and maybe, like, nudge a little bit, um, to be like, you two can keep each other busy, I'm sure, and then I will go to the door. Gotcha. Aerith, by the way, has sat down at the table and laid out three books that are open, where you can see the bookmark, right? But they're laid out flat open, three, kind of one, two, to the left or the right, and then one in front of her. And then she has tilted her chair kind of back a little bit and has a fourth book open. Mm -hmm. And she's like very clearly speed reading. And then she like references one of these books like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. Almost like she's checking, like cross-checking or she's read something here and she's maybe checking the definition or yeah, you know, yeah, something, yeah. you know, she's using multiple texts to better understand the one text in her hand that she's reading, which is larger and it does appear older than the other ones. Mm -hmm. This is like a much older text. Um, so while everyone's sort of seemingly preoccupied, um, you go over to the answer the door. Yeah. Um, when you answer it, you see standing 
in front of you, uh, uh, a uh, very, very nervous gerblin. Uh, a very thin, uh, very small gerblin with glasses. Although these glasses, although they are wireframe, uh, the frame is only underneath the lens. There's no frame on top of the lens. Um, there are several scars uh, on this goblin's face. Uh, the uh, the goblin appears. Uh, to present very androgynously mm -hmm. um, and uh, has very, very dapper um, dress socks mm -hmm. with garters just below the knee to hold the dress socks up. But when you look down at their feet, they're not wearing shoes because they have these sort of like large talon goblin goblinoid feet yeah um, and holes have been cut in the sock for the different various toes to stick out of yeah um uh they are carrying a large book that uh appears to be uh almost bloodstained on the outside mm -hmm. um and they have uh a very crudely crafted set of overalls that mm -hmm. they're wearing um, and kind of a ruffled bluish blackish hair. Um, <clears throat> I will do my best to do the voice. Ah! <clears throat> uh, hi! Uh, hello. Are you our final person? Uh, they sort of look at you. And you see them about to be like, is this dorm 11? And they're like, as they're talking, they look up at the door and go, ah, dorm 11, home. <laughs> and they launch themselves at you, like, hug. Boom. Oh, oh uh, I hug back. Yeah. Oh, oh um, sorry. I meant to ask if I could hug you. Uh, where I'm from is kind of frowned upon. So now that I'm here. I just hug everyone. You should maybe still ask. Um, but I I like hugs, so I... Th thank you. Alan A chimes in. I, I don't like hugs. No, no hugs for me, please. No hugs for Alan A. And then, after Alan A says that, uh, Lena says, Yeah, no hugs. That's kind of weird. <laughs> Isn't that right, Percy? And Percy just goes, Like, kind of, you know, muse. Uh, and then Aerith is like, no hugs for me either, please. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> Sid goes, yeah, um, no hugs. And Brayton goes, I love hugs. And Sid goes, I love hugs too! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I am writing down who loves hugs. <laughs> Very important D&D notes. Yeah, yeah. Which... Which of these characters loves hugs? Pronouns and hugs yeah. are the first things I take note of in D&D. Uh, the goblin says, Um, my name is Jiwi. Hi, Jiwi. I, I have a much longer goblin name, but <laughs> I don't like it. Well, my name is Nymira, and I have a much longer tiefling name. Um... You don't like it either? 
So, nothing wrong with nicknames. You can see that Chiwi has, like, cuts that have healed and chunks of their ears mm-hmm. kind of missing um, and several scars on the parts of... Uh, he's. Uh, they are wearing sort of wraps around their forearm. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can see the parts of their arm that are visible uh, from like elbow to shoulder, lots of scars, lots of scars on the other side as well, um, uh, on their face and on the parts of their leg that you can see. There's not a lot, but you can see some kind of larger healed, uh, very long sense healed scars. Um, uh, and, uh, Chewie says, uh, um, can I come in? Yeah, please, of course. Um, may, may I set my stuff down on one of the beds? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Any of the free ones. They find one and they look and it's like next to Lena's bed. Yeah. And they just sort of slink over and set their stuff down and look over at Lena, who's kind of standing nearby. Um, and Lena looks at him and is like, What? Um, Chiwi, sleep here? Please? And Lena goes, well, You don't need my permission. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine, yeah. <laughs> um, so Chiwi kind of settles in and takes their stuff out and, and kind of spreads it out on the bed. But you watch as Chiwi sets all of their stuff on the bed, kind of very in place. Um, like the book is here, then there's a little gap, and then a second book, and then writing utensils. And it lays it all out across the bed. And it's like, uh, um, I'm really tired, is it okay? If I take a nap, would you think that was rude? Um, no, that's fine. I mean, some of us are kind of loud but um oh trust me no one is as loud as where i where i'm from can i tell if that was said in like a sad tone or like a you don't need to make an inside check for that you definitely can tell that was very there's a lot of sadness behind that okay um do you want to stay awake just for a minute so we can all Talk for a minute as like a house? Um, okay. Um. Chewie kind of rushes over and like takes a seat at the table, like right next to where Aerith is. <laughs> and is like, What are you reading? And Aerith is like, Very complex uh, magical uh, formula. I'm not sure that you would understand. And you see Chewie feel like, just visibly very defeated. Um, I mean, I know a lot about magic. And Aerith is like, yes, yes, I'm sure you do. Yes, that, that, that's, that's all well and good, but these are very complex. These are like 50-year student formulae that I'm studying. <laughs> yeah. uh, for those of you listening, Maddie did a jerk-off motion. I sure did. <laughs> um... Well, I guess we can all show off our stuff when we start our classes. Yes, it's a very good idea, Eris says. Very, very good, yes. Uh, but for now, and if, if you don't mind, I, I, 
sort of in the middle of, you know. Well, what if, what if, really quick, we um, all said hi to each other and maybe get to know each other just a little bit if we're going to be sharing this space together. You see Aerith kind of like partially roll her eyes and then she like flicks her fingers together, which creates like a visible mage hand. Yeah. Uh, which closes all the books individually, stacks them up, mm-hmm. all four of them, and like drifts them, you know, drifts slowly over to the bed that she's chosen. And Did she dog ear, dog ear her pages? Yes, she's a monster who dog ears her <laughs> fucking pages. Uh, and she like turns and sits like proper, scoots the chair up. Uh, and uh, on one side, it's like a long table that has six chairs, two on one side, two on the other side, and then one across from each other. Yeah. Right? So on the long side, uh, Sid and Brayton walk up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sid, like, walks up to their chair and, like, puts his puts their hands on the chair and is about to pull the chair out. And Brayton goes, oh, let me get that for you. And then the Brayton, like, pulls the chair out for Sid. And Sid sits down and is, like, all bashful. Brayton, like, you know, scoops the chair in and then sits down next to Sid. Um, uh, again, another no insight role required. You can kind of tell the way that Brayton is acting that he's a little oblivious. Mm-hmm. Like this, it, it seems as though this is just how Brayton is. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Sid is very appreciative of it, but also kind of like, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, uh, so Aerith is at one of the heads of the table. Yeah. And then on the other side is uh, Chiwi, and then the second chair is Lena. Mm-hmm. And Percy actually runs up and crawls up on her shoulders, leaving you the other head of the table, across from the sort of snooty uh, elf that seems to be... Oh, yes. Akuri. Yes. Okay. Um, sure, can I take a seat? Eris says... Now that we're all sitting here, what is there to discuss? Oh, um, well, I thought maybe we could all get to know each other a little bit, just talk. Um, I don't really, I haven't really, uh, hung hung out with people, um, like this before, so I, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, Alanae kind of chimes in. Um, she's not sitting at the table. Right. She's sitting in the chair at, that's at the desk. Yeah. She's turned it so that she's sort of facing the direction of the table, kind of sideways. And she's kind of sitting there, like, watching yeah. it kind of unfold. Um, and she says, um, I, um, I don't have any family. I mean, I mean, I have... Family, but not family. Like I, I, I don't know who my real parents are, but I was raised um, in in an orphanage. But the kids there were really mean. They were all humans, and and they were really mean to me. But I guess this kids will be kids, you know. And I think we're all oddballs here, so I think. Not that you're an oddball. I mean, yeah, you're really weird. <laughs> Look at your horns. Okay, okay, 
Um, and your skin, uh, like, it's like a gradient. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, but it's also weird. It's a pigment deficiency. We don't have to get into that. Um, well, you said it. You said that we were all weird. You're right. Um, I'm just saying I don't think anyone will make fun of you here. Oh, that's good. I mean, I stopped caring because when you care, it, you give people the power to make you feel bad. But we're all friends. I mean, we're roommates. After all, they were roommates. They were roommates. <laughs> um, I guess that works as a fun fact. Um, as you're umming. You were an orphan. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you're umming. You, oh, uh, we say, I guess that works as a fun fact. And you, um, Brayton chimes in and says, um, I'm from South Haven. I'm the youngest of five chil children. Oh. My sisters picked on me a lot. I have four older sisters. Hmm. They're all very accomplished mages. They didn't go here, though. Actually, I'm the first first one in my family to go to a different school. My Both my parents and all four of my sisters went to the Agorian Academy of Mystic Arts. Mm -hmm. and that's where they wanted me to go and I didn't want to. I, I don't know. I'm not really a conjurer, but if I'm being honest, I, I picked the school farthest away from my whole family so I could just go somewhere where they, they wouldn't be around. It's not that I don't love them, but you know how sometimes when you love something so much, you end up smothering it? That's sort of how I feel like my family is. I know that they're genuine, right? And they love me, but I just, I need space, you know? And, uh, guess that brings me here. Also, I should be honest with you. Um, hey, Andro? And he sort of shouts back behind him. Uh -huh. And a sound emanating from where there is clearly nothing uh, is like a, like a cat purring. And sort of uh, decloaking, like becoming uninvisible, becoming visible. Yeah. Uh, is a lynx, a, a uh, small size lynx mm -hmm. uh, with the cute, like, pointy, furry lynx ears and extra long whiskers. Um, I may have stolen a potion from my family, and I may have made my cat Andrew invisible so that I could bring him <laughs> here. Does it go on and off? No, it was just the one time. Oh! <laughs> now you have a cat ear. Well, yeah. there's a ferret. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um. He's a really good boy, though. He's really well behaved. Cut to the lynx, like, snarling at the <laughs> ferret. Just, just that guttural, like, cat growl. Like, 
<laughs> the really demonic, like, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, um, I'm wow. sure it's fine. Sid jumps out of their chair down towards the cat, like, Oh my gosh, you're adorable! Like, smushes the cat's face and is like, uh. And, you know, how cats are. They're just like, be gone from me. <laughs> uh, uh, and the cat's just like, sitting, begrudgingly accepting. And then Sid just catches, like, the right part behind the ear. And you just see Andrew like, uh, okay, all right, fine. Whatever. Fine. Yes, fine. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, and, like, do the flop. Yeah. And then Sid's uh, playing with Andro. Uh, and Brayton's like, I hope that's okay with everyone. And Lena's like, it's okay. it's alright, Percy. It's alright. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Uh, and Percy, like, leaps off and, like, hi like jumps onto the bed and hides under the pillow. Mm -hmm. And, like, curls around and, like, peeks his little fair face out from the pillow, like, super cute, like, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, he's like, I, I, I can send him away if, if you want, but, uh, I, I, it would really, it would be a lot of really good emotional support for me if you guys were all cool with me having Andrew here. I look around, I, th I think we're all okay with it, yeah. Were you gonna keep him invisible until? Well, I only had the one potion, and <laughs> I was hoping that maybe I might learn how to do that kind of magic. Uh, I see. <laughs> None of you guys know how to do that kind of magic, do you? I look at uh, Aerith. <laughs> Aerith goes, "Well, yes. I mean, I." I do know a little bit, but now seems like an inappropriate time to show off my magical capabilities. Make an insight check. Um, 16 total. Uh, Aerith is full of shit. Oh. Shit. She's like, yes, of course I can do that kind of magic. <laughs> now's not a good time, you know? Oh, yeah. She doesn't. The 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 feeling you get is she might not even know how to do any magic. Yeah. The minor, like, cantrip level stuff that you guys probably all know how to do. But you know, she's, I, you kind of get the sense that she she's very, the nervous tick of adjusting the glasses. Yeah. She's... Maybe trying to like play the like, oh yes, I'm very, you know, mm -hmm. amazing and blah, 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 to try and compensate for the fact that she's super nervous. Aerith, um, do you have a fun fact about yourself? She says, how did you know that I was next in the note document that the DM is reading through? <laughs> <laughs> That's, funny. That's funny. Um, she says, um... Uh, well, um, uh, my mother was a very accomplished enchantment, uh, enchanter, and my, uh, father is a very, uh, accomplished, accomplished illusionist, um, and, uh, of course, very uh, happy to see me follow somewhat in their footsteps, uh, of course, you know, the, 
fight over whether I was going to be an enchanter or an illusionist, yes. Uh, and when my parents found out that I was coming here, they were both equally disappointed, which, <laughs> to be honest, was probably the best outcome. Um, my parents are very competitive. Mm. Um, they've always said that, um, that one day their love will end with them fighting to the death. And I'm not entirely sure if that's a joke or not. Uh, oh. So, yes, um, fun fact. <laughs> that's the type of, that's the household I lived in for the last, uh, oh, 110 years. I see. And Lena goes, oh my god, you're old! <laughs> you're fucking old! <laughs> yeah, you're fucking old! You're 110 years old. What are you doing here? She's like, well, I've just reached adulthood. And she's like, at 110 years old, I'd be lucky if I even lived half that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Probably not Jesus Christ. He doesn't exist, but, you know. Rogar Christ. <laughs> 110 years old. She's in crackers. Yeah. You're a fucking grandma. What? That would be a halfling expression. Cheese yeah. and crackers. It is now. Adding to my world. So, as you uh, are uh, kind of talking, Lena and uh, Aerith sort of get into it about the age thing. Um, Sid comments that they don't necessarily feel super comfortable sharing much about themselves right now. Um... But Sid says, uh, I, I am very grateful that you guys are here and um, that I'm here. And, and he kind of side-eyes Brayton a little bit, like, I'm just grateful we're all here. <clears throat> kind of tilts his head down. Uh, and Lena says, I mean, I don't know if I have anything more interesting than the fact that you're 110 years old, you fucking grandma. Cheese and crackers. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, Chiwi is just kind of sitting there, like, just taking it all it's in. Yeah. Just almost like, uh, uh, like a, like a airhead, like, just taking it all in. Um, and Alanae goes, where did you get those scars? And Chiwi goes, um... Do I have to answer that? You don't have to answer that. Um, Eleni, not everybody wants to talk about that kind of stuff. Because if you got a scar, it might be something hurtful that happened. Well, yes, that makes sense. That's how you get scars. Uh-huh. But, like, uh, she, like, sees you looking at her, like, uh, what is that? What I meant was, what? It's okay. It's okay that you asked, but I don't, I don't think Chiwi wants to talk about it. Um. Um. I can do this weird thing. I can make this really weird face. Do you want to see it? Yes. Chiwi stands up on the... 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 Uh, chair and like flips his eyelids 
open, mm-hmm. like, bleh, and his his eyelids flip up and down, respectively, and then his, uh, their eyes, like, bulge out of their face, and then he, like, opens his, his like, lips like this, like, <laughs> makes, like, the skeleton, the skeleton, you know? Uh, and then, um, you can see their ears are, like, wiggling independently, so he's, like, they're, like, (laughs) and everyone is, like, equal parts, like, weirded out, but also kind of fascinated, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, does that count as my fun fact? That was fun, right? Yeah, I think we had, I think we had fun. I'm gonna nudge, nudge. That was fun. Everyone just like trepidatiously agrees. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Can I sleep now? I'm really tired. Absolutely. Okay. And you see Chibi like rush over to their bed. Yeah. Make sure everything is like prim and proper in its place, mm-hmm. and then crawl under the bed and curl up to sleep. Very, very cute. And then uh, Percy, who's like hiding under the pillow, kind of peeks out and kind of like slow does that cat thing mm-hmm. slowly crawls down and like starts sniffing under the bed where Chiwi is, and you hear, "Do you want to cuddle with me?" <laughs> I'm supposed to ask. <laughs> and of course, Percy, like, startled because it's, like, loud. Like, ah! And so Percy, like, <laughs> rushes back up under the pillow. Chewie has one tone. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, so funny. Uh, a couple of hours you have with everyone in the room, and uh, they sort of all tend to their specific stuff. Yeah. Of course, at this moment... Everyone has really claimed a bed, and there's no bed for Nymira to claim. Mm-hmm. Um, although, Alan A does say at one point, like, if if you want, you can have that bed, and I'll sleep somewhere else. Oh, um, that's very nice. I kind, of, I kind of feel like I'm the extra one here. So, um, I, I think it's up to me to figure it out if it's it's your bed really she goes good because i didn't really want to give it up (laughs) she like (laughs) goes to crawl in it um and everybody kind of does a various form of like short rest where they they nap or you know relax a little bit and kind of unwinding and then there's an um as time as that time passes there's a knock on your door uh and it's a loud like thudding knock Uh Uh, and opening the door, like three knocks, and then the door opens, mm-hmm. um, is uh, Diz. And you can see Diz like steps into the room sideways, uh, and Diz's head is turned to face down the hallway, and like steps halfway into the room, not looking in the room, and says, uh, you know, is everyone decent? And if there's no objections, which there isn't, unless Nymira objects. Nope. Uh, Diz then looks into the room and says, uh, Dorm 11, report for uh, uh, the uh, class schedule. 
uh, and you are uh, escorted by Diz to the main hall that you were in before, uh, where you meet... Uh, let's see, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight people already there. And when Diz comes in with you guys, um, the headmistress comes in from the other side. Uh, and so there are, including the sergeant at arms and the headmistress, 10 official staff there, plus you guys. And Zarda says, it's very important that you meet your professors for your coursework. The seven of you will be sharing professors and will be taking the same classes this first uh, year. Uh, so allow me to introduce you to them. And uh, hopefully you all brought something to take notes with. And everyone's like standing there like no one brought anything. Unless, of course, Nymira would instinctively bring something. Probably not. If nobody else did. Yeah, the rest of nobody else in the group would take anything. Uh, she says, right, off to a fantastic start. And she like flicks her wrist and appearing on the floor in front of you. Uh, or rather, probably on some chairs close by, is a uh, small like journal, like a leather-bound journal, and an ink pen. Mm -hmm. And she says, the cost will be deducted from your, uh, or what well, will be tacked on to your tuition. Uh, and they, everyone sort of begrudgingly takes a, a book with an ink pen. Uh, and she says, uh, now, to introduce you to your professors for your coursework this year. Uh, a a half-elf with uh, sort of ashen skin and white hair with sort of dark, almost fully black eyes steps forward and Zarta says, uh, I will uh, allow, of course, the professors to introduce themselves and speak briefly as to the coursework they expect. Uh, that you will be uh, studying with them and their expectations of you through this first year at our uh, conservatory. Can I ask a quick question? Yes, you can. Um, in the... What's it called? Like school onboarding? Mm -hmm. the orientation. Orientation. Um, uh, orientation journal, I assume I read, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um... Did it say anything about if um, your, like, dorm room is, like, your through-the-years dorm room, or if it's, like, year one? Yes, it is your dorm room through the years. Through the years, okay. Yes. You will be... So, unlike um, real-life school that does boarding school and stuff like that, uh, you are now a permanent resident of this conservatory until you graduate or you drop out. Right. There's no going home for Christmas. There's no breaks, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just... You know, but uh, they do allow you a relatively a relative amount of freedom. Yeah. So it's not just you're there coursework all the time. You do get kind of breaks. Yeah. Well, they'll say like this assignment is due in two weeks, and you have the two weeks to do with it as you wish and at, at your pace, basically. Mm -hmm. So there are no official breaks, but it is your room for the next uh, six and a half years, six years, six months, six days. Uh, was that? Did I clarify? Yes. Cool. Um, uh, this half-elf steps forward and uh, 
you can tell right away, everyone can tell right away, that she is, she has to be part drow. Mm -hmm. uh, part... Uh, you said ash. Ash skin. and skin, yeah. yeah. Um, and there, there is actually a, a photo for you. Oh, she's beautiful. I know, she's gorgeous. Uh, so she has ashen skin. Um, she does have dark, kind of almost completely black eyes. Her eyebrows and her hair are white. And, On fleek. Mm -hmm. uh, and the outfit she is wearing uh, is... It's... Uh, I wouldn't say it's inappropriate, but it is uh, definitely... It skirts that line, you know, of you know what a professor should wear. Uh, but this is a very non-traditional school, so uh, there's no dress code, as we, we talked about earlier. People can be a little sexy if they want to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she steps forward and she says, uh, My name is Josephine Dario. I am a professor of uh, metaphysics, uh, theory crafting, and ethics. Uh, you will undergo a course of the, the philosophy of magic in the world. Uh, you will f uh, study the logical methods and thinking and applications of the practical problems of spell use. Uh, it is a uh, rather uh, uh, thought-based uh, course study. We will not have any written assignments. So, one thing that I have on all of these other professors of yours is that I don't give homework. I don't require you to write anything. But I am very strict when it comes to being present for my lessons. There will be several lessons where we will meet as a group. And there will be several lessons where I will meet with you individually. All I ask is that while you are here, in my lesson, that you give me your undivided attention. Is that clear? Yes. Yes. In addition to you, kind of everyone, everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And you kind of see Lena's like, yeah, it's clear, you know. Um, but everyone, everyone else, like, except for Lena, yeah. everyone else is like, yes. You know, mm -hmm. very, like, uh, strict school type, you know. Uh, uh, she says, I just want to make sure that everyone enjoys themselves here. The study at this, at the conservatory is, is, is rather intense. And I just want to make sure that your studies are filled with joy and optimism. And I, I just want you to know that no matter what there is, I'm there for you. While she's talking, I'm listening. But I want to, Zarda's here, yes? Yes. I want to look at Zarda to see. She's staring right at you. As you're as you're like listening and you kind of kind of casually look over, she's got her hands. So her stat her standard like pose posture. So her hands are clasped behind her back, uh -huh. and she's very like, yeah, chest out, like very you know, head up a little bit. Um, and she's as you sort of look over at her, she's already looking at you. <laughs> like that. <laughs> very stern expression. She kind of furls her brow at you when you look at her, and then she like, I look right head back. Gestures. I look right back to uh, Josephine. Uh, Josephine says, uh, uh, Professor Dario, Professor Josephine, Professor J, um, <laughs> whatever it is that you feel comfortable with, I, it doesn't matter. Does anybody have any questions? 
No questions? Well, I'm sure there will be plenty when we start our lessons tomorrow. And she kind of like shrugs, kind of, you know, stands off to the side. Um, uh, and Zarda says, uh, thank you, Josephine, uh, for a uh, upbeat speech as always. She kind of like rolls her eyes like she waits till she's looking away from Josephine and like rolls her eyes. Uh, uh, she says um, uh, uh, up next uh, Professor Vendra please step forward and uh, you see a, uh, a uh, an elven woman step mm -hmm. forward um, kind of see a little bit more of her. She has a very, like, uh, almost militaristic style, uh, uh, doublet that she's wearing. Um, very piercing golden eyes. Um, she has sort of this, like, uh, dark, kind of, what is that, like, bluish-grayish hair. Um, and, uh, she says, uh, my name is Professor Vendra. You will be uh, studying uh, spell theory under my tutelage. We will focus on how spells function, how their energy is drawn from the cosmos, how they interact with the physical laws of the multiverse. Uh, very simple coursework, but there will be, she looks right at Josephine, there will be plenty of homework. Looks back at you guys. Written work. Spell theory is in the details. They say the devil, she kind of like shoots an eye glance at Zarda, the devil is in the details. Well, that's because they have never done spell theory. <laughs> spell theory is in the details. There will be quite a number of written assignments. And I expect perfection. Formatting, grammar, spelling, everything will be perfect. Because if you get one, one iota of your spell theory work wrong, incorrect, you could form a completely different spell. Like dotting an I or crossing a T, if you dot, if you cross the I and dot the T, it could summon a pit fiend! And you see people kind of like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it is very important. Perfection with your spell work is very important. That being said, uh, while I am very strict, I am also understanding. If you are having issues, you will come to me and we will discuss. Much like Professor Dario, we will have several meetings with the group and we will have several meetings individually and we will perfect your spell theory. Are there any questions? No. <clears throat> she steps aside and uh, a rather handsome gentleman uh, uh, in robes and a white cloak steps forward. Uh, a uh, very uh, neatly trimmed beard, nothing too excessive. Uh, he steps forward and he says, uh, <clears throat> Well, I am Professor 
uh, Bennett Beckett. You may call me Professor B. Uh, that's what all my students call me. Uh, I am going to be teaching you the fundamentals of spell transcription and much like spell theory, the devil is in the details. Topics of my class will include penmanship techniques, the proper paper and ink selection, which is vital to getting your spell books and spell scrolls perfect, proper structure, revision, and basic calligraphy, and of course, proofreading. And he says that last part and everyone's like, like all, even all the other professors are like proofreading. Oh God. Mm -hmm. He says, now I am aware that one of my students comes from the legendary, world-renowned Zendel Vexel Braxton Inc. Company family. And I want you to know that whatever you think you know about ink is wrong. <laughs> He's like looking right at you. Yeah, right yeah. He says, that may be an over-exaggeration. Perhaps not everything you know is wrong. Maybe only some things. Just understand that I am here to educate. I am not here to prove you wrong. I am here to make sure that you can take what I have taught you and go prove others wrong. One of my finest moments was watching one of my students instruct a lower level student. It was Perfect. I don't mean to get all sentimental, <clears throat> but uh, understand that my background is as a linguist and a calligrapher. I have come to study magic and have been studying for a number of years, but I am first and foremost an English teacher. <laughs> so other professors are like jerk off motion. Is <laughs> <laughs> now. Do you have any questions at all? Looking forward to learning more. I bet you are, Miss Slickstrom. I bet you are. And he kind of steps off to the side. That was uh, Fundamentals of Penmanship? Uh, that was Fundamentals of Spell Transcription and Penmanship. Spell Transcription. Got it. Another... Uh, man steps forward. This man looks much older. Uh, he looks like he is dressed like this. Mm -hmm. Picture provided. Uh, in a sort of dark outfit. Very black and red. Very fitting for the school colors, although it is more coincidental. There's, like I said, there's no real uniform. Uh, the school does have a coat of arms, but uh, there's nothing formal necessarily about it. Um, he says, uh, I am Dr. Marcus Ferabellum. And I will teach you formula analysis. You said doctor, yes? Yes. <laughs> da. <laughs> uh, that is correct. Dr. Marcus Ferabellum. And I am here at the conservatory to teach you spell formulae. Emphasizing the techniques applicable to Original research. Such topics will include elementary spell function, tabular and graphical presentation, 
variability and the metaphysical equation. What is this, you might ask? I would say, take my class and find out. By the end of the year, you will know. All it is you need to know about formulae analysis. There are no questions at this time. <laughs> he just turns and walks over to the other professors. <laughs> That's fucking funny. <clears throat> Stepping forward, a woman with long red hair and large horns. She is armored uh, with sort of uh, like uh, almost like brass looking armor with some chainmail underneath uh, and a pole arm that she carries with her, uh, a spear. Uh, she steps forward and kind of plants the bottom, not the pointy part, but she, you know, taps the ground with the, uh, pull arm. Uh, and she says, uh, my name is Kariya Asmarin. You may refer to me as professor, given that is my official title, but I am not, uh, I do not have the degrees that several of my other cohorts have. I have not studied at a university myself and am not a graduate, but I teach tactical application. We will study magic and its use in combat with a strong emphasis on techniques for maintaining concentration on your spells in otherwise intense and life-threatening situations. This is a very dangerous class. I have, unfortunately, had several students, let's say there were accidents. So, each of your families has been contacted and they know and understand the risks that you are in. I strongly advise you to do exactly what I tell you to do. Because any slight misstep on your part could mean the tip of my spear ending up in a place where it did, shouldn't be. And it's like very like threatening. I gulp. <laughs> I gulp. Gulp sounds. <clears throat> hey, those weren't edited in. That was all me, baby. Yeah. Um, she says, it's pretty straightforward uh, curriculum. I can't imagine that any of you have any questions. Uh, and uh, Lena kind of puts her hand up. And <laughs> Kariah looks over at her and is like, Oh, there is a question. And Lena goes, Yeah, what, uh, what happens if uh, we're fighting and, uh, you know, uh, you take a good ass kicking from me. I'm just saying, like, what, what would happen? She was like, I have yet to be defeated by a student in my many years of teaching. And she said, okay, yeah, I get that. But, like, what, what would happen? Would I, like, immediately pass the class? <laughs> <laughs> and Cry goes, we will see you tomorrow. And she just steps aside and Lena's, like, looks at you guys and is like, I was just asking. Just asking. <laughs> There's an older gentleman with yeah, sorry, crazy hair and a staff. Hell yeah. Uh, he has this look about him, just like mad Albert Einstein genius or like mad scientist crossover. And he's got scrolls and, and all these things on him. 
And he steps forward and he goes, I, I, I'm Professor Ford. Professor Ford. Professor Thorsten Ford. And I will be teaching you the history of magic. <laughs> and every time he talks, like his hair is like, you know, like, <laughs> like shaking as if it's like almost gelled in place, but shaking, you know? Um, and his eyes are just like, oh, why? Just vivid, like bloodshot, wide bloodshot eyes. He's like, we will discuss famous wizards of time and famous spells from throughout the ages, placing a strong emphasis on historical breakthroughs in spell research. My class is strictly lecture only. You will be required to give a lecture at the end. What was I saying? Oh, yes. We will be conducting an overview of famous wizards throughout time and the history of magic throughout the ages. <laughs> and Zarda's like, all right, <laughs> Professor Ford. Yes, you've made your point. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, I was just getting to the part where we would talk about historical breakthroughs and spell research. <laughs> and he's, like, escorted off to the side. Uh, a younger blonde woman steps forward, and uh, she uh, introduces herself. She says, my name is Sheila Bradley. I am a professor of magic and society. This uh, coursework, as I understand, only includes six of you. Uh, and she, like, she says, Miss Zlikstrin, if you wouldn't mind maybe stepping outside since this isn't your coursework. And like, like she's almost like, get the fuck out, but in like a polite way. Oh, um, I look at Zarda. Zarda's like, like expect, like, Whenever you're ready, like, you know. I can't be in this class, too. <laughs> Sheila looks at Zarda, and they both exchange this, like, fucking kidding me. <clears throat> Miss Lickstrin, please. I, I lay it on a little thick as I'm like, all right, guys, I'll see you later. And I slowly walk out. Diz walks out with you, and yeah. as soon as you're out of that door, Diz closes the door and says, stay put. We're not done. Of course, a few minutes goes by, and Sheila it obviously is explaining. You can kind of hear, like, you can hear her talking, but very faintly through mm -hmm. the door. Um, you could make a perception check if you wanted to potentially hear. Is it just me and Diz? Yes. Um, made a lot of new friends so far. I say the Diz. <clears throat> you know, between you and me, um, I was really, really scared to come here. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in myself for what I'm doing here, but, um, this group kind of makes me feel like... We're all in the same spot, and 
guess I'm feeling hopeful. Hmm. Everyone was really sharing of like personal stuff about them and it was just really nice to like get to know some people. Mm. Do you know where I'll be sleeping? Mm-mm. <laughs> he goes, hmm, they're summoning us again. And he reaches for the door handle and he stops. He looks back at you. He says, things are never quite as scary when you have a best friend. <laughs> Opens the door. <laughs> it's all like, you. get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Ushers you back in. And when you walk in, there was a, a woman who was in here previously who, to your sight, uh, looked r- relatively normal. Uh, and by normal, I mean, she looked like this, but she only had two legs. Uh-huh. But as you walk back in, the illusion glitters away, uh-huh. revealing that she has the body of what looks like some type of cat, like yeah. a large cat. Um, she is technically large size, because the body of the cat is like almost horse size. Yeah. Um, and... It's uh, a panthery. Yeah. Um, make a, make an arcana check for me to see if maybe Nim, Nim, Nymira recognizes, uh, the creature, because it is not a natural creature. Oh, very good. Arcana is a 23 total. Ooh. So you recognize, illusion glitters away, you recognize this immediately. This person, creature, uh, hybrid, um, is known as a Lamia. They're typically lower half, they're they're like centaurs, but the lower half is usually a, uh, uh, like a cat-like, panther-like creature. Um, but there's kind of all different kinds of Lamia. You, with such a good role, at a 23, you actually know that they are technically fiends. Mm. Um, they are from... They're demons, is what they are. Um, and uh, you would know that most of the relatively common, air quotes, common stories about Lamia, they're not very common, but the stories that get told are that Lamia survive... just exclusively on the blood of young adults. That's where we're going to leave that. Ah, Young uh adults. Um, Emphasis on the young part. Um, And uh, that they are usually pretty inherently evil. Yeah. Um, This one seems very mild-mannered. She says that she teaches penmanship mm-hmm. and only penmanship. She covers writing in all of its forms from spell work to uh, non-spell related work, obviously, uh, focusing on proper technique and uh, a sort of diplomatic use for the written word. Um, 
even though she does cover spell work, there's sort of a spell theory and uh, there's, a, there's a couple of teachers that have that sort of incorporated in their lesson work. She focused speci focuses specifically on writing itself. And so she, uh, which also uh, covers learning additional languages as well. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what she will be focusing on to make sure that you learn how to write these languages well. Could you get me spelling for her name? Yes. It is uh, M-A-R-I-E hyphen P-A-U-L-E. That's her first name. Her last name is Provenzano which is P-R-O-V-E-N-Z-A-N-O. Uh, and I have to include that this, specifically this name, Provenzano, Mrs. Provenzano, was like my second grade elementary school teacher. Um, and uh, I found out relatively recently that she passed away. Um, but she was fucking wonderful. Mm -hmm. So I had to, I wanted to do something, you know. She was, Very nice. She was pretty awesome. She taught us cursive. Mm. She's the teacher that taught us curses. Oh, yeah, so. penmanship. Yes, penmanship. Um, Zarda steps forward and says, And of course, in addition to all this other coursework, I will be teaching you directly, independently, not as a group. Uh, uh, oh, I got that backwards. <laughs> I will be teaching you as a group, not independently, all of your classmates, all 67 of them, I will be teaching you, in a sort of seminar style, how to conjure. This first year, you will learn how to conjure a personal familiar. Some of you have brought pets. She, <laughs> she looks right at Lena, who yeah. doesn't know about brains. Like, but uh, a familiar is much different. Now, there is, of course, a way to make these pets your familiars. But it is a much more lengthy process. Uh, so your final instruction will be the fundamentals of conjuration, focusing on, as I said, conjuring a personal familiar. Now, if there are no other questions, you have been given your coursework. Diz will be summoning you for your first day tomorrow. Each of you as a group will go to all, all of your professors. He will show you the way. You will remember where your coursework is and you will find your way there on your own on your second day. And she says, Diz, please take them back to their rooms, or back to their room. And she looks right at you and says, unless of course there's anything else, Miss Zlickstrin. I look at my friends. Um, we're short a bed. Looks like you'll be sleeping on the floor then. Uh, at which point, Sheila, yeah, the professor for Magic and Society, says, Zarda, why don't you let Diz escort the rest of them back to the room and I will handle Miss Zlickstrin's sleeping quarters personally? And Zarda just like is over. She's like, fine. Dismissed, and the professors all go out one way, including Zarda. Yeah. Diz takes them out another way, and you are left alone in this grand hall with Sheila. Which is the one that kicked me out. Yes. She says, Let's go to my office. 
Oh, okay. She takes you kind of out another door down a hall, and her office is very large. It's like not just a classroom; it's like its whole, like a whole research laboratory. Mm-hmm. She says she kind of points to some chairs near where her desk is, and she says, "Have a seat." I sit. <clears throat> she sits. Uh, she comes up to the desk and like leans against the desk, crosses her arms, and she says. You know, Zada and I, uh, we attended the conservatory with your mother. We graduated the same year. Oh. <laughs> your mother is, um, quite the character. I declined to comment. <laughs> yes, something that a young noble such as yourself has probably learned is the best course of action over these many years. How many times have you spoken out of turn and embarrassed your mother? Don't answer. It's too much. Too many times, I imagine. At least by her count. When your mother sent her donation, she gave us the list of coursework to assign you. It did not include my course. I suspect for several reasons, but one of which is that your mother and I did not get along. And I suspect she does not want me to be involved in your education. Ah. Because of this, you will have to attend my coursework in secret if you are to learn anything about magic and society. Okay. Um, would, would you have me? That depends. Is this a course that you want to be a part of? I nod immediately, um, and then realize I'm that was too quick, and I go, "Yes, um, I really would." I, my mother didn't really l- let me have a hand in this. Uh, process so far. <sighs> um, so I, I appreciate you looking out for me. Speaking freely between the two of us, your mother is the coldest Hearted bitch I have ever <laughs> met. Uh, Nim doesn't laugh. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> Truthfully, that I have ever had the displeasure of knowing. However, she is also one of the most talented mages that I have ever known. She is dedicated and very hardworking. And... I don't doubt that everything that she has done for you and your education thus far is what she believes is best for you. It is as it was for us. When we attended the conservatory, our parents decided what we would study. I think she sees that as the only proper way to get an education. But 
one thing that she learned very late in her educational career is that uh, a look at the culture, cultural perspective of magic, looking at the cross-cultural comparisons of mages from different realms, uh, diff from this realm in different regions, is very important. She'll never tell you this, but when she was younger, she almost destroyed a treaty between three nations that, were, that had had this treaty for hundreds of years. All because she was unaware of the different cultural uh, ramifications for a misstep. If you attempt to conjure something and it goes afoul and we have to clean up your mess, you're a student, it's, it happens. But there are other cultures that are less forgiving. And she learned that the hard way. Not that you ever will, but it would be interesting for you, for, for me to see the look on her face if you were to ever ask her about the pit fiend incident. <sighs> Regardless, if you are interested in taking my course, I will run you through the course. Of course it is unofficial, and there may not be credit, but there are important lessons for you to learn in my class, if you are eager enough to learn them. Would doing it in secret mean I wouldn't do the class with, like no one can know? You will attend the course with your uh, group, but I will have to uh, put contingencies in place to ensure that if we are ever visited, that you are not seen. This is a massive violation of the rules of the conservatory, and if there's one thing my fellow professors know about me is that I am a... I adhere strictly to the letter of the law, especially the rules of this conservatory and the guild, who, which I serve faithfully and willingly. But I see in you the same desire that we had when we were here. And it is important for me to know that you are Learned. Make an insight check. My insight. Okay. <laughs> Dang, 17. You get the sense that there is something else. There's some other reason. She seems sincere when she's saying all of this, uh, wanting to make sure you're educated and you know, wanting to make sure that you you know, have that experience, but there's something else here. She's doing a pretty good job at hiding it, but you're fairly confident that there is some other reason that she wants you to take this course in general, uh, that she wants you to, uh, she wants to help your education. Um... I dare not agree with your words about my mother. Um, 
I don't really wish to comment at all, but if there's one thing is that she sees a bright future for me. It's her future that she sees for me, but I have spent up to this point uh, trying to live up to potential. And now it's kind of make or break. <laughs> um, I would be very, very grateful to take your class. She leans forward, still gripping the edge of the desk. She says, there is one caveat. If you are to take this course, you cannot, under any circumstances, tell anyone that you're taking it, including your father. If he finds out you're taking this course outside of your predetermined curriculum, I will reprimand you, and your career here at the conservatory will end. Mm -hmm. I understand. Well, if you understand, then it's settled. So... She walks around her desk and opens a drawer and pulls out a book, and she hands it to you. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, read it. I read it out loud as I read it for the first. When you open it, it's blank. Oh. And she says, spend an hour or so in quiet contemplation with this book tonight. Imagine what this book would say if it was a textbook for magic and society. For about an hour or so. And what you may find at the end of that hour will surprise you. Oh. Is all of the homework gonna be on blank paper like this? She kinda <laughs> smirks. <laughs> Stupid question. Sorry. She like gestures to the door. Were we gonna talk about the room situation at all? Or was that just... Yes. The DM forgot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she, I forgot. DM forgot. She does not... She forgot. She, yeah, sure. She says, oh, yes. Uh, she stands up and she says, follow me. And uh, she uh, walks toward a... She takes you down the hall to a uh, broom closet mm -hmm. that's like in her wing down the hall. And she touches the doorway and it like glistens briefly. Oh, actually... 
if this was a movie, the door would be conveniently already open and it would be very clearly a broom closet. Yeah. And then she would close the door. Yes, yes. Touch the door frame uh, at, and at describing it as a good DM would. Touch the door frame, it would glisten, and then she would open the door and there would be a very, very uh, uh, finely furnished room. Like a little studio apartment. Yeah. Um, uh, and she says, uh, I hope you find these accommodations sufficient. I imagine you will probably spend most of your time in the dorm with your friends, but a private place for you to study, away from prying eyes. Thank you for everything. She says, uh, I should be off then. Kind of turns away from you. And takes a few steps and turns back and says, not even your father. I nod. She nods back and turns and heads back to her office. Dear dad, first day of school <laughs> went great. Uh, oh yes. <clears throat> now, uh, <laughs> Nim is alone in the hallway facing the door to her private quarters mm -hmm. now that the that uh, professor sheila is gone she's walked back to her office so that leaves nim with a choice of what to do um i'm gonna go to the door i'm gonna kind of just like hold my hand over the handle and pause for a moment and chicken out, and I'm gonna go back to uh, the dorm room. Back to your uh, your friends. Yeah, yeah. You sure you don't want to take a peek? <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna um crack it open and like start to open a little bit, but before I see anything, I'm gonna close it and then run away, walk away. <laughs> Bris briskly trot. But while I'm alone in her office room, I want to look at the book again that she gave me. Right now you're in the hallway. Oh. She walked you out of her office to... Oh, 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 oh. okay. Sorry, it just happened. I don't know how I forgot. I mean, you are alone in the hallway. Um, no, I won't bring it out. Okay. So you head back to the... Uh, the dorm? Yeah. For, uh, for group, uh, dorm 11. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you get there, you see that the door to the dorm is kind of cracked open a little bit. You can see the light from the room kind of pouring out into the hallway. Uh, and you can hear, like, chit-chat. And it kind of seems like everyone is still awake. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm going to listen for just a moment before I open the door. Uh, let's see. You make a perception check okay, okay. to see how much you can hear. Perception. 
is a <laughs> dirty 20. <clears throat> so as you kind of creep up, you know, like you're, you're listening mm -hmm. uh, so that they don't see you or hear you yeah. make any noise outside. Um, you listen in on the conversation and uh, you hear like a couple of like deep sighs. You just hear, <sighs> I wonder where Nymira is. And you think most likely it's uh, Brayton's voice because mm. it's the most, of everyone there, he has the like most masculine sounding voice. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you hear Chiwi say, uh, um, you probably forgot about us. We're just a bunch of losers. <laughs> and uh, Lena chimes in and says, uh, yeah, well, good riddance if she's going to forget about us so easily. We, we don't need her. We're, 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 we're the cool kids. We're the cool kids in here, see? <laughs> Chewie says, uh, um, I mean, I don't really feel that cool. It's kind of warm in here. Could like crack a window or something. <laughs> and Lena's like, nah, like we're 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 cool, you know, like we're 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 uh we're badass, you know, like uh you know, we're, we're just we're just cool, you know. You never heard that expression before? Chewie's like, oh no. I'm gonna walk away from the door. Um, and take this opportunity. Is it like dead here? Like, there's no... Yeah, currently, there's, like, no one roaming through the halls. Mo more than likely, since it's in the evening, everyone is in their dorms. Yeah. And all, uh, since there's no coursework today, um, it is it is winded down for the evening. I want to sneak around a little. What? <laughs> oh. um, I want to take this opportunity to, like... I don't want to walk in while they're talking about me, so I'm going to walk away and, and take a... Take a moment to kind of sneak around. Why don't you go ahead and make a stealth check for me? Sure. Um, 15. Um, is there anything in particular that you're looking for, or do you just kind of want to wander quietly and see what you find? I slightly want to... I, I kind of want to scope out the other dorm rooms... Just like kind of hear what kind of commotion, not specifically eavesdropping, but just like a general idea of if all the rooms are like this or um, what the deal is. And um, just like look if there's like paintings in the hallway and uh, kind of soak in this brand new environment that I'm in. Sure. Uh, when you hit, you do find the dormitories, the dormitories, the dorms first. Because uh, they're all sort of grouped in one area. Um, though they are separated by a significant amount of space, um, each one sort of has its own, almost like own hallway. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, but you don't hear any commotion from any of the other dorms. And you don't see any light from the, the crack underneath the door. Oh, and so more than likely everyone has either gone to bed or at the very least is lights out in their dorms. Yeah. Um, so there's nothing commotion-wise there. Um, as you are wandering the halls, looking, kind of just seeing the dorms and looking around and taking in your environment, um, there are several large paintings um, that are incredibly detailed. And when I say large, I mean like 
a painting that is like the size of a whole wall mm-hmm. that is framed still and probably hanging or is mounted in some way. But I mean, they're like wall sized yeah. paintings from, from floor to ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like more like murals, but framed kind of like they're mm-hmm. massive. Um, and the murals depict several different things. The most common of which is an event in this world known as the West March, which was the march of the uh, humans mm-hmm. westward from Zalesh, which is the city that you're in now. Um, you know that in the history books tell that the humans marched west, marched west across the continent, and they constructed along the way a large cobblestone road that goes from coast to coast across the continent down the middle. And um, it is still, I mean, it's still there. It's mm-hmm. still, and it's, and it's known as, if you're, if you're heading west on it, it's known as the West March. If you're heading east on it, it's known as the East March. Pretty straightforward. But uh, these, these pictures depict that event. They were led by several prominent, like, heroic figures that led the... Uh, expansion west Mm -hmm. which would later uh lead to the founding of the kingdom of pharaoh which is on the west coast um which is a sort of rival kingdom to the kingdom of za which is where you are on the east coast Uh, (laughs) um uh several of the smaller paintings that you find uh are depict like the acts of like conjuring things oh cool so there's like there's pictures of like a mage like standing in front of a summoning circle and the circle is like glowing yeah and these and it looks like the arms of like a large fiend are like crawling out of the summoning circle um and so most of the smaller portraits are 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 paintings are depict that depict the summoning of fiends um, the use of magic, the use of specifically like conjurative magics. Um, so you sort of have like historical paintings kind yeah. of intermixed with why we're here at yeah. the at the conservatory, which is the the conjurative magics. Are there any portraits of Zarda? The only portrait of Zarda that you have seen so far was in that main hall where there were several other portraits of past headmasters and mistresses. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a portrait of her in that hallway, but there's nothing throughout the hallways. The, 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 of any professor? Of no professors, yeah. There's no, none of any professors. Just the headmasters in that grand hallway in the beginning. Gotcha. As you are kind of meandering silently through the halls, and you say stop to take in a particular portrait of like the summoning of a fiend, yeah. you feel a presence behind you. And all you hear is, hmm. I probably uh, jump a little bit. And uh, I say, oh, hi. Hmm. Um, I got a little lost. A little. Am I far from, was it dorm, dorm 11? Mm-hmm. You know, um, huh? There, there is a curfew here. I'm 
Sorry, I was I was talking to a professor late, and I I guess I got a little lost. Mm-hmm. Do you think you could walk me back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Diz just kind of like walks past you and doesn't like deliberately like shoulder check you or anything, but also doesn't wait for you to like move. Yeah. So you kind of like catch each other a little bit. And Diz is obviously much larger than you are, full grown tiefling mm -hmm. and like very muscular, right? Muscularly built. Uh, so kind of like pushes you to the side a little bit. Um, and uh, he gets about, I don't know, like 10 or 15 feet past you and he stops and he like turns to look at you. Like, are you coming? I, at, at that, I was probably just like still lingering, looking around. And then when he says that, I'll kind of uh, catch up pace to him. As you guys go through this particular hallway, you can see that he's trying very hard to keep his head movements from making it obvious that he's looking at the paintings. Yeah. Like he's trying to like look with only his eyes, but you can kind of still catch that he's, he's kind of twisting his head slightly when he's looking at a new painting. Um, and he looks down at you and he says, uh, do you like the decor? Um, I do. I... Do you know who did these? Same person who does all the paintings around here. You? Hmm. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. Is I laughing? Yeah, okay. Um. <laughs> um. How long have you been here? He stops. He stops walking. Yeah. He's kind of walking and talking. He stops walking and he kind of looks off, kind of up, off, off screen. Yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, he thinks about it for a second and he says, uh, I guess this will be, uh, I don't know, probably, probably uh, going on my 10th group of students. So a little over just about 50 something years. Once I get through this group, be about 60 years I've been here. Well, if I do a good job, I'll only see you for six of those. Mm -hmm. And not less, not more. Six and a half. That's right, six and a half. Depending on what your final assignment is, of course. Oh, yeah. You didn't go here, did you? Nope. <laughs> Do I look like the finger wiggling type? <laughs> I think you have a little possess. I do. One time, I was in a production. The conservatory teamed up with the Barter College here in town. My eyes go wide as he's opening up about this, and I'm trying. My, my like mouth is small as I'm like. Mm-hmm. I'm like so to the brim, ready to, ready to hear this story. It's kind of a tradition. Every year, mage academies across the guild 
they team up with the Bardic Colleges to do a production, and the most common one is The Wiz. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is about a young wizard mm-hmm. transported to a far-off realm. Mm-hmm. And it in, in no way violates any copyright laws. Does he... Does he, like, does he take a whiz? What's the... Oh, you, have you not heard of the, the whiz? You said it's like a play? Yeah, it's, it's a musical. I don't think I've ever seen a musical. Oh, the mages of the academy typically provide the uh, sound and lighting and, you know, the, the technical aspects and the bards perform. Are you saying you were in this? Well, looks like bedtime. <laughs> and he just <laughs> wanders off down the hall. <laughs> What's his name? Diz. Hey, Diz? You say it, it takes him a couple of like steps to like slow to a stop. And then you hear, mm. Can I ask just one more question? You hear, Mm-hmm. What's with the whole six thing? Uh, you see from the from the like back of his head that Diz does the like that like dog thing where they like like, a slight, like slight kind of tilt like hmm, and then Diz turns to face you and says, "What do you mean?" Well, like there's six years, six months, six days, um, and. There's six students per room. It's just like a lot of sick stuff. Uh, he looks at you, and then he turns to look at a painting nearby. Mm-hmm. And sort of, at least initially, without acknowledging you, he just turns, looks at the painting, walks over to it, so that he is like standing right in front of it. And he just raises up one finger. I was going to say claw, but he raises up one finger and he points to the center of a magic circle that's in the painting. The painting is of a mage, presumably trapping some type of fiend Mm -hmm. in a magic circle. And he points at the magic circle and painted into the magic circle at the very center are the... This is the number six, three times, mm-hmm. uh, where the base of the six touches every number. So the three sixes touch each other at the base. So it almost has like a loop yeah. quality to it. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever seen The Omen. It's a horror movie. It's a triple six uh, scar that uh, the kid has. But it's very much these three sixes sort of in this sort of loop formation pattern. And he says, uh, well, they say that, uh, say it's the, the mark of the fiend. I kinda, I kinda do that. I was just wondering if you were gonna tell me. I was kinda just teasing you. He looks at you <laughs> and you get the longest, like dead, oh, no. like just dead pan stare. <laughs> 
So what time is curfew? He thinks about it, and he says, typically after dark. Which it is. The general curfew is that you can't leave campus after dark. But most of the students know that that means being in the dorms, since most of your nights are going to be spent studying anyway. And I should get to it. Mm-hmm. You know where your dorm is. <laughs> How far are we? Uh, probably not very far. A couple hallways over. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for walking me this far. Get back to your room. Okay. <laughs> um, I make my way back. When you get to like to the end of the hallway to around the corner, I need you to make a perception check. Okay, I definitely slow down before I leave his view. Okay. Perception, you said? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How will a nat one do me? <laughs> that was the third one, not the first one. That's true, that's true. Oh, it's a the same. Third time's a charm. That's right. What's your total? Probably low, huh? Three. Um, you get to the corner and something compels you to look back down towards where Diz is. And you look, but you look just slow enough that you miss. You see, you catch just a glimpse of Diz's hand out with like spirit fingers. But you catch it just, just slow enough. That he pulls the hand back in and keeps walking. So I catch it or I don't? You, you, you catch the very tail end of it. Something going you on. You catch something. Okay. Like, uh, it, you, it makes you question, like, wait, did I just see that? Like, <laughs> I go back to my dorm. And I don't eavesdrop this time. I just walk in. Uh, yeah, you walk in and you can hear, though, walking up to the door. Um... That they're not necessarily talking about you specifically, but they're talking about like the day and like meeting everyone and like how happy they are to have met each other and that they're all really glad to have met Nymira and uh, the kind of like po you know positive happy like they're they're you know it's it's their first night together you know like the first night in the dorm and they're 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 bonding and so when you they hear footsteps get close to the door and the door kind of push open a little bit. Uh, all of them, or rather most of them, except for Lena, like kind of like sit up a little bit. Like they all, they're all either laying down or they're like leaning and they all kind of like sit up. Lena is like leaning against her, she's laying on her bed and her feet are up against the wall. So her back's on the bed and her feet are up on the wall, like with her legs crossed. Yeah. And she looks like she's like tossing a ball up at the wall and catching it. And then Percy is kind of like, Curled up ferret. near her. Yeah, the ferret is kind of curled up near her. And then she, like, tossed the ball. And then she does, like, a toss. And it comes down towards Percy at an angle. And he, like, like headbutts it. So it goes back to the wall. And she catches it. Um, and she seems like... She look, looks over, hanging her head kind of off the bed to look over in your direction. And then she just sort of, like, <laughs> shrugs and is throwing the ball. But everyone else sits up. And uh, Alane is the first one to speak. And Alane says... Nymira, you're back. 
I am. Oh, we all thought that you had forgotten about us. <laughs> no, you guys are... I'm, I'm thinking about you guys. Good, because I would have been really sad if we weren't friends anymore. Of course we're still friends. Oh, okay. Are you sure that you, that you want to be friends? I make eye contact with her. And I nod. Did you still want a hug? I, I, I don't, I don't like hugs. Okay, that's fine. I just, I just, okay. Um, I, I, I went off to see if I had a different room or something, but, um. Sid, Sid kind of cuts you off and is like, what's, what's your, uh, what's your little private room like? What do you mean? I mean, that's what they gave you, right? Because there's no other dorms here. There's only 11 dorms. They had to have given you some kind of private room. Oh, um... <clears throat> they... I'm gonna try to bluff my way through this. I lie. <laughs> 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 um, I'm gonna say, uh... Oh, um... Well, they said they had sleeping accommodations for me, and um, I thought maybe they'd bring in a new bed or something. Um, there's not really any spare rooms unless I want to sleep on, like, the floor in an office or something, so, um, deception. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, for those listening, I pointed at her dice and made a face like, eh, eh, eh. Eighteen. You see Sid kind of... Oh. Okay. They just sort of accept it. Yeah. Sid just accepts it. Brayton seems a little bit more suspicious. But when Sid says... Oh, okay. Brayton kind of looks over at Sid and looks back at you. Just sort of shrugs. And they kind of turn back to their conversation. I'd rather be in here with you guys anyways. You see uh, Lena, well, rather, you hear Lena go, ugh. And you see Aerith uh, just sort of like roll her eyes like. And Alanae is like, ooh. Like she's like very excited. She's like, oh, that's, that's so sweet. And Chiwi comes right up to you, like, almost like you, you're talking to everyone in the group, and then all of a sudden you, you notice Chiwi's, like, right at your leg, like, yeah. tugging on your, kind of, robe a little bit, and you hear Chiwi go, um, Namira. Yeah? Um, you can sleep on my bed, because I, I sleep under the bed. Are you sure? Um, that's too soft for me. I kind of pout a little bit. That sounds perfect. Thank you. Chiwi runs over to the bed, and um, since, since it's been a couple hours, I don't, or at least an hour, uh, I don't know if you remember, but when Chiwi originally came in, they put all their, they opened their bag and put all their stuff like on the bed, very yeah, like yeah, very organized, right? So when you say, you know, when you agree to it, right? Chiwi is like, awesome. And runs over to the bed and grabs the sheet and just goes, <laughs> and like flings all the shit off the bed, like yeah. hits the wall, falls down on the other side of the bed onto the ground. 
and it's like, ta-da! Great, I can help, I can help pick up those things. Oh no, it's fine, it's just a bunch of junk anyway. Is that your smoke book, just kind of like loose papers on the ground? Yeah! Oh, I can help with that. Oh, that would be really nice. I didn't think about that before I just flung all my stuff at the wall. Um, I help, I help them pick up their things. Um, while that's happening, while you, while you and Chiwi are picking up stuff, um, Percy has made his way like off the bed and down over. Yeah. And as you guys are picking up stuff, <gasps> Chiwi's like kneeling on the ground and Percy comes up holding like a piece of paper and stands up on his hind legs like and hands Chiwi like the, like one of the papers that fell out yeah, of Chiwi's yeah. spellbook. And Percy's like... <laughs> To Chewie? Yeah. Chewie's like, oh, thank you! And like takes it and it's like, um, can I, can I pet you? And Percy does the like dog tilt head thing because you're not sure that Percy understands like l language, yeah. you know? Not, not like, it's like a ferret that is relatively well trained. Uh, and so Percy like head tilts and then Lena says, yeah, 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 you can pet him. And Chewie's like, but I thought Percy is the one who has to tell me if it's okay. And Lena's like, well, he can't really understand what you're saying. Like, it's fine. You're fine. It's fine. If, if he's okay with it, he'll, you know, he'll, you know you'll be able to tell. was like, okay. And you see Chewie, like, with their claws, like the tips of their claws, uh, kind of start scratching uh, I don't know why I'm doing a visual. <laughs> kind of start scratching the top of the ferret's head. Um, and you see Percy, like, it's kind of like, you hear Percy cooing, and Percy's, like, leaning into it. Um, and then uh, uh, you see that she was sort of, like, wrapped up in all that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so you see, like, Brayden and Sid are kind of having their own little conversation. They're, they're sitting on the ground, like, with their backs up against Sid's bed. Mm hmm kind of like near each other talking. Um, Alan A seems to be kind of attentive towards you yeah. and like now that you're in the room and, and I guess Chiwi too because Chiwi's there. Um, Aerith is sort of wrapped up in reading and trying to look. Being a poser. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. We get it. And Lena is trying to act like she's not interested in the fact that you've come back or, you yeah. know. That that Percy is. I like that this group Chewy. has both a poser and an anti-poser. <laughs> it's good. It's balanced. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just this like cute little moment of like everyone kind of doing their own thing, but together in the room. And uh, you know, shortly after Chiwi, Alina says, uh, "All right, you know, it's time to go to bed, Percy." You know, and they kind of go off, and Chiwi. With your help, organizes everything, you know, puts it in a nice pile under the bed, and everyone kind of is like, it's bedtime. So they all kind of go off to do their thing. Um, and you see Aerith summon like a small little like light spell to continue reading. Yeah. But it's just bright enough to illuminate the book. Yeah. And not bright enough to really disturb anyone else in the room. Is it on her book? Um, it is on her hat. She has her hat on, and it's like a tip of her hat. 
kind of leaning. Yeah, got like her hat kind of fully forward, and she has like the very tip is like kind of glowing down on her That's hat. So funny. Um, almost kind of like those old school Game Boy lights that you. Yeah, you play yeah. <laughs> Wow, back when games weren't backlit. Wow. Um, yeah, and Chewie, you know, crawls under the bed and is like. Good night, Nymira. <laughs> Good night, Chewie. Uh, when everyone was still like kind of doing their own oh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I at some point want to get on top of Chewie's bed and just kind of kind of like sit up um, and kind of be like thirty percent writing. Um, out on parchment, but like 70% trying to seem nonchalant about the fact that I'm just like soaking up um, this whole experience of being with these new um, friends and just like enjoying it so much and feeling very, very at home in a new way. Um, and I'm gonna uh, cast illusory script and write out a note to, to my family. Okay. Do you know what you want to say? Um, I'm gonna give a summary on today and how things went. Um, I'm gonna say um, Dear Dad, first day of school went great. Dear Dad. <laughs> You um, won't believe what Professor Sheila said. <laughs> she feels the same way you know. <laughs> um, Oof. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll write out something like, um, the first day of the conservatory went really good. I met all my professors and the headmistress, Sarda. Um... This seems like a great place, and I've already made a couple of friends, and I can't wait to tell you all about them the more that I learn about them. Something along that lines. I might go into a little detail about um, uh, what professors I'm taking. I met for the different classes, and like a little sentence or two of what I think about them. Mm -hmm. Um, but, yeah, just a general, like, first day went great kind of thing. <laughs> Sans all the things that you, you know, were told not to tell. Redacted? Redacted. <laughs> redacted. Yeah. Honestly, kind of seems like a good place to stop. Okay. Sounds good. Unless you have anything else that you want to do with your night. You do have the book. Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah, let me crack open that bad boy and try to... Attune. Attune, as one might say. Yeah. Um, so the book is empty. It's mm -hmm. blank, yeah. I guess is the, the better, the more accurate way for a DM to describe that. You said empty? Yeah, I said empty. The book is... The pages of the book are blank. Um, as you, you know, open it and start kind of like flipping through the pages, being like, well, you know, it's blank. Uh, you can kind of start to see, very similarly to your family's, like, illusory script. Yeah. Like, when you write letters home, your 
parents obviously when you were younger were like you you know you taught you how to write a note that is readable only by the family yes um and very in a very similar way to that uh as you start kind of flipping through you can see like vague images like shapes like words starting to form in a way that is similar to when you get a letter from your parents, right, or you've had to read something that has the illusory script on it, that it starts kind of shaping itself to be words that you actually understand. Yeah. Um, the book starts to, and over the course of about an hour, uh, you attune to the book because you've been studying it for that hour. Uh, and as you attune to it, all of the words start kind of forming. And you see that there's two very distinct things about the book. The first thing is that it doesn't appear to be about any one particular topic. Um, Professor Sheila did hint very heavily that this book was going to be how you studied her course specifically. Right. Right. And that it was sort of like a secret, like this illusory script so that only you could read what was in the book. Um, uh, so that obviously is a lot of what's in this book when you start to be able to read what it says. But in addition to the magical nature of the script in the book, it does appear that the pages are, they have, they possess the ability to change what they say and pictures can form. So as you're flipping through, you see words warping to form different paragraphs and different sentences. Um, and you see images appear and the images appear to move. Um, I would say not terribly dissimilar to, you know, another relatively famous wizarding world that has, let's say, paper that has moving pictures and Uh things on it. Um, Except that this appears to be specifically a book that can shift topics. Mm. It's like a multi-subject textbook. And so you see that a lot of what's in here is... Philosophy of Magic, which is one of your courses, and Spell Theory, which is another one of your courses. Ah, uh, the Book of Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> the Book of Google. Um, and you start to actually think about specific things, you know, whatever Nim might be thinking about those specific topics, and the pages start to kind of shift, and it looks like it's forming text and images of what you're thinking about about that subject. Mm. So you notice that there are multi-subjects. Um, and each section of that book, each chapter, I guess, uh, is capable of generating different text depending on what specifically you are thinking of or mentally asking of the book. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. <laughs> the book of Google. <laughs> A nightmare for ADHD people. But... Sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but cool for me. Cool. Well, cool for Nim. <laughs> I was going to say cool for Nim. <laughs> um, and yeah, so uh, you 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 find that this book is definitely something that's going to help the sub the the section of the book that you find that's specifically labeled uh, as I check my notes to make sure I get it right. Magic and society that uh, uh, Professor Sheila Bradley is the the professor of um, that section has some pretty standard text that doesn't seem to change much. Yeah, but. It does appear as though it's an ever-shifting so that you could use one book and then you would read the chapter, shift to the next chapter, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, um, I want to kind of read a little bit. I don't want to stay sure. up, all, up all night reading, but if, if it's something I'm discovering before I go to sleep that night, mm-hmm. um, then I want to 
this is a class I'm not supposed to take mm -hmm. um, because it's like magic in society. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to try to think of stuff that like maybe information I haven't had access to before about that and like um, kind of like society's history with magic and mm -hmm. I, I guess I'm kind of looking for um, if if there's things standing out to me that I'm like didn't know that you know why don't you make a a either an arcana or a history check mm -hmm. uh, you have advantage on the roll because you're using the book mm -hmm. so either skill will be useful for you That though, right? Is that a nine? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you went one nine nine one one nine or something like that, right? That's there was a lot of ones and a lot of nines in there. Um, uh, you did get a, like an 18 earlier though. So. True. I think I got like a 13 and a yeah, 15. Yeah. Um, 15. 15. Um, so... <sighs> The book itself talks about magic from a cultural perspective, right. at least what, what appears kind of first. Um, there's a little bit in that about the culture of magic where you come from, specifically in the kingdom of Zah, which yeah. is where you are. The city of Zalesh and the city of Zalay are the two largest cities in that kingdom. Um, so it talks a little bit about magic, how, that, how this culture views magic. Mm -hmm. And then it shifts a little bit to talk about a slightly different cultural perspective. Um, the first example that they give is how magic is viewed in Matan, which is on the far continent, mm -hmm. specifically in regards to the uh, what are known as the priests of Rathma. Mm -hmm. um, they are mages that blend the use of arcane magic as mages and divine magic as clerics. Um, and the uh, they study in the Ebon Mausoleum, but their, their culture of magic is that, um, that they serve magic. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest traits about mages, especially on this continent and in this, this part of the realm, is that magic serves the mage. Yeah. So mages like uh, Virilel and Zorus, your parents, mm -hmm. uh, Nim's parents, they, they view magic as a tool, like magic services the mage. Yes. And that's generally accepted by most mages mm -hmm. uh, that attend academies within the guild structure. Um, it's obviously how the Council of Mages views magic, that it is a tool for them to use. It serves the mage. But then there are other cultures across the world that view it as, as the mage, the magi, servicing the realm of magic. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it is a vastly different viewpoint. And as you read through the book, you, under, you come to understand that there are other people that see magic as not so much as a tool, but a gift. Mm -hmm. And that though a mage might take and use the magic for some benefit to them, that it's a sort of secular uh, 
uh, uh, it's a circular logic, I guess, where you then service that magic mm-hmm. in, in some way. You give back to the, uh, the ethereum where a lot of the magic is drawn from. More the idea that magic is a greater power that we provide for, mm-hmm. in a way. Which is obviously very different than from what Nim yeah. has been taught and grown up with. Um, so it, in, in a lot of what it covers, what you read in the, however long you're reading for the evening, you said you didn't want to read all night, but it covers a lot of the, like, the societal relationships between mages and society. Mm-hmm. Or mages and the other people of the realm. And like, what role does a mage serve? Um, mages are typically seen as um, advisors. So there's a lot of advisors to the different kingdoms mm-hmm. um, and even smaller like city-states like South Haven, um, far to the south on the continent that you're on, that they, the, the city-state of South Haven is run by several dragonborn mages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they serve the people. Um, and so there's this structure of mages serving people, but in the culture that you have come to know, the people serve the mages. The mages are seen as like a higher class. Right. If you're a mage, you're a noble, and thus the other people serve you and not the other way around. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, a, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of different uh, societal structures that, that the, the topic covers. And it's a lot. Yeah. You know, it's a lot, to, a lot of text, and this particular part of the, the text doesn't have a lot of pictures mm-hmm. with it. So it's just this thick text about... Um, social dynamics mm-hmm. uh, within the like mage structure. So, very cool. Anything else that Nim wants to to do before bed? I don't think so. I was um, under my blankets uh, to read this book, mm-hmm. um, and I probably cast can I cast light on my wand? Mm-hmm. I probably did that as I'm like reading reading my book. Like, as though you had your book in one hand and your wand with the light spell in the other? Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Very, very, very cute image. Very iconic, you might say. <laughs> and with that, we come to the end of the first night for Nymera at the conservatory. Uh, a lot accomplished throughout our first session. Nymira very lovingly parting ways with her father and meeting the headmistress. Uh, Nymira making some new friends. Uh, uh, six new friends that you will spend your I'm school years days. with. I have seven friends. Seven friends <laughs> that, you, that Nymira has made. Um, meeting your professors. And uh, striking a secret deal with uh, one of your professors. Uh, s- leaving us with you returning to your, your companions and finding that they missed you. Coming to the conclusion that your years are going to be best spent as close to your friends as possible. Aww. So with your Google Doc, <laughs> <laughs> your, your tome of Google yeah. attuned and in hand, We end our first session, the end of the first night, and we shall return uh, another day to continue the mage monomyth of Nymera's Lixtrin.
You think we got it? Yeah. What's that? We'll do that indie thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we get it? Yeah. <laughs>